welcome back to Pixels and Bytes, uh, where we will be talking shit, as usual, about all our favourite TV shows, movies, uh, comic books, pod... Um, Podcasts? Do we ever music? talk about other podcasts? We never talk. Well, sometimes we do. No, yeah. very, very rarely. I think that pretty much covers it. Um, joining me tonight, as always, is the ever-venerable Tom. I'm not vulnerable, you fuck. <laughs> Maybe a little insecure. Uh, <laughs> My small penis. Wow. <laughs> and the ever-lovely Dan. Oh, ever-lovely. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Yep. Oh, so you give him the nice one. All right, yeah. I, see how it is. I said venerable. You need to Google that shit. Not I vulnerable. Anyway, uh, and yeah, that's us. We're going to be trying some some Aussie craft beer while we talk some shit about our favourite uh, pop culture topics. Things and shit. Things and, Things and shit. shit. <laughs> We've been doing this too long. We're kind of getting complacent with the intros. It's like, yeah, <laughs> welcome to the show. Listen to our yeah, shit. Yeah, got to admit, that wasn't your best one, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Through to the wiki. That's right. I forget where we are halfway through the episode, halfway through the intro anyway when I do it. I think about it. Every time I know I've got to do it, I go, I'm going to get this one. This is how it's going to roll out and I'm going to nail it this time. And I fuck it up about a sentence in. So always get sidetracked. I get complacent because I've I've I got it down so well at like in my head at a point where I could just blurt it out at any given time without thinking mm-hmm. that I've stopped thinking about it and then suddenly I need to do it and it's like I, I trip over my own fucking words. But then this is what happens when you do it after work. Anywho. Well, that's riveting for the listeners. I yeah. hope you all enjoyed that. <laughs> just give them yet another reason to like and subscribe. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to kick off. He got it in early. Oh, First five three, minutes. Three minutes in. Wow. Yeah, well done. Let's kick off with some beer reviews. I think we'll just try and get the show on the road, let's, basically. Let's, yeah, let's kick it down the street. Steamroll through. Uh, has anyone tried their beer yet? I, yep. have. I have. Yours look like Yours look like milk. Yes, Tom? I'm drinking uh, imported Scandinavian oh. breast milk. Jesus um, Christ, what is that? And what do Scandinavian breasts taste like, Tom? Lemons. Uh, let me tell you, because <laughs> I'm drinking Six Strings Hard Lemonade. I'm not actually having uh-huh. a beer. I thought I'd change it up. Uh, nice. This is an alcoholic lemonade made with fresh lemons, and it is fucking lemony. It's great. It's really good. Lemony fresh. Like old school, old school homemade lemonade with a nice alcoholic kick. It is... Uh, 4%. Uh, and it doesn't actually say, I would really like to know. Oh, here we go. It contains water, lemon, sugar, juice, and alcohol. Water, lemon, juice, sugar. Jesus Christ, read that wrong. Sugar juice. It contains sugar juice, everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested if it's like an actual brewed, uh, like some like some seltzers are actually brewed. They use like a corn, corn, like maize base. For that, or if it's just, hey, we zested up a fuck ton of lemons. Let's uh, pour a bottle of Smirnoff into it and uh, well, hope they for would, the best. Yeah, I, I suspect with that list of ingredients, I, wouldn't they have had to have added the alcohol separately? I think so. Cause, yes, because they're missing some key yeah. components that require that are required to make. Yeah, mm. it's a it's okay. a hard lemonade. It's ethanol added to uh, to lemon and sugar. I love it. I think it's great. It's it's. Really nice. It's it's just like I really like that old school lemonade. Like, but if you want to hear my uh, top top five lemonades, uh, number one is definitely the old the original Schweppes lemonade. Like, there's nothing past the Schweppes essence. Schweppes uh, essence. But this this has so much of that that really nice lemony um, zest to it. It's it's yeah. It does it does look like 
almost milky. Well, like, yeah, it does. Well, that's. I mean, I, I was half joking, but it did kind of look milky. Uh, what's yeah. what's the CO two level like? Oh, it's, yeah, it's it's vibrant. It's like it's the head's dissipate. Yeah, it is effervescent. Actually, it's <laughs> schweppervescent. Um, like the head obviously dissipated so quickly because of all the lemon juice in there. Yeah, um, well, there's, no more pro- just, there's there's no protein in it to it to to yeah. create a head. So. It's um, just more more traditional lemonade wasn't carbonated like the old school mm, lemonade wasn't nah, this carbonated. Is, this is carved. This is yeah. This is bright and bubbly and great. I'm I'm giving that uh, four and a half. Yeah, right. That's fantastic. That's that's a real summer winner. I would definitely wouldn't wouldn't think twice about uh, putting away a four pack of those on a hot summer's day. Um, <laughs> would absolutely disappear. Yeah, cool. What are you drinking, Dan? Uh, I have got a New England uh, black Italian pilsner, Marmo. Uh, and other than other made than by whom? New England was that one drop? New England Brewing. Oh, New England Brewing. Sorry. New England Brewing. I did that a few weeks ago. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll shut the fuck up then. Was it no. the one that I wasn't on? Maybe. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I raved about it. I'd love to hear your- No, no. Go. Sorry. I've, I've got- Stop Indian clicking at the dog. She's just, <laughs> she's, she's just fucking wandered off. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think it's really good. It's got a really nice light roast, uh, like black malt character to it. So there's mm. there's very little coffee or chocolate characters to it. It's got some got, uh, got the black malt character to it. I think it's got a really nice uh, a kind of herbal uh, hop character to it. It's only four point five. Uh, it's 29 IBUs. I would have liked a bit more bitterness, but I think I say that a lot about about most things these days. Almost every beer for the life of me, I cannot tell you anything that is written on the back of this can because the text on the back I swear is a fucking silver on black no it's a fucking millimeter big it's absolutely tiny uh and with the amount of light I've got in here there's absolutely no way yeah I had to to turn my light around to read the back when I yeah yeah uh we're all for winter style in our damn cold small town something last year wasn't going to do so we've delivered a black version of our Italian pills big herby aromas tease out hints of Crusty dark bread and roasted malts delivered in a brilliant dark pour with balanced bitterness. Well, at least I know I'm not talking out my ass. 29 IBU, 4.5%. Yep. Uh, I think it's really good. It's really fresh and the the the, the way that they've used the, the malt and the, uh, the the light herbal hop character is uh, bang on. I think it's I think it's wonderful. I would very happily drink a six or four pack or whatever mm. they come in of that. It's really nice. nice. Uh, full disclosure, I did get this for free, but not from the brewery, from the artist. So, hmm. um, yeah, lovely. Absolutely lovely. Nice. Out of five? Mm. Um, let's give this a 4.75. Yeah, right. You know what? It's super dry as well. It's got it's got um, almost a – it's not a powdery dryness, but it, it, it makes your mouth go – quite sort of tannin dry, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really lovely. A little bit more bitterness. <laughs> you, you always say that too. <laughs> dial, dial that up to about 35 IBUs. Just a, just just so a bitter it, old man. Just, yeah, I am. Aren't so, we all? There's no, there's no doubting that. No. Nah. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Really enjoyed that. Um, I am a little dirty. I've only got one. But, yep. Cool. What are you drinking, Pete? I am drinking Gypsy Fox Pink Boots, Hypocrisy 
what is it? Hypocrisy Nipa or Nepa, rather. It's a New England pale uh, at 5%. Mm. So it's um, got the pink boots hop blend in it? Doesn't tell me. Oh, I, I assume think, that's what it is. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. I would assume so too. It, um, yeah, it, it's, there's literally nothing on the can other than the, the mandated government bullshit about pregnancy warning. Apparently it's... Apparently, we're, the Australian government's currently talking about whether or not they add a cancer risk. Yeah, warning. let's not cover like, that. We'll cover that down the track when there's next. It's going to be fucking plain packaging like cigarettes. That's the kind of the way they're they're trying to they're trying to spin it. Yeah, fucking that, nanny state bullshit. That, when we um, get some more information on that, we'll do a. Uh, no, nah, I reckon we'll, we'll, I reckon we'll let just a Pete, rave Pete, and uplate Pete go, rave. Pete go rogue. <laughs> let's just like <laughs> with no information. I think that's the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I didn't realize Pink Boots was, and there's nothing on Untapped either. So I, I looked it up. There's there's literally no information about this beer. So to me, it's it's. I mean, look, it's not that hazy. It's it is hazy, but it's not. It's kind of where you would expect. I'm trying to find the right direction here. It's kind of where you'd expect a, a New England pale as opposed to a Nipa to go. Um, mm. It's got it's certainly got some some um, pithiness to it. It's got a good kick. I don't know anything about the Pink Boots hop that you're talking about, but Pink so, Boots Society is a so, is a female led yeah. um, brewing like scholarship scholarship. No, no, it's okay. a it's a it's a group. Yeah, um, and they they developed their own hop blend with I'm assuming HPA. No, uh, no, it's done through Yakima. There we go. Okay, it's That's done through Prior, and yep. they every every year they release it in sort of January February. Uh, it's a limited run, uh, and it's a hot blend picked by uh, picked by the the group members, and mm. you can you can buy it up and. So when you say hot blend, out. so they they might say this year it's going to be forty percent Centennial and twenty percent Chinook, and you know whatever. The 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 it's obviously the, not that here. But. The mechanics the mechanics behind it, I don't know, but yeah, it's it's not a specific um, variety. Okay, it's a, it's I, a blend. Okay. Yeah, all right. So I, I actually do get quite a lot of the Centennial style of flavor profile out of it. It's quite bright. Um, there's something almost, and it, it's going to sound negative, but it actually isn't. It doesn't detract from the beer. There's something almost soapy at the end of the palate, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It does, yeah. But it's not unpleasant. So I don't know. It's it's a good starting beer at 5%. It's it's kind of mid-range, mm. exactly where you want a pale to be. Um yeah, I'm. I'm going to give it a four. Doesn't doesn't kick me in the nuts. It's uh, but it's a it's a solid put together beer. So, so the uh, 2023 is the seventh annual release of it, and I can't even pronounce the first bloody hop on it. A H T A. I'm going to put it in the chat because I'm just going to fuck this up. <laughs> um, you were doing so well with the spelling part. Yeah, sure. I know. You even failed that go. one. <laughs> when are you guys? Oh, yeah. When are you guys pronounce 2023, that? 2023, I was going to... Artinum? Artinum? Artinum, Eldorado, yeah. uh, HBC 638, so an experimental and Idaho I knew 7. I could taste some of that. And Idaho 7, okay. So I was way off with Centennial then. Uh, Eldorado might be a child of Centennial. I appreciate your attempts to make me sound more less wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let me, go with let, that. Let me find let me find out the lineage of Eldorado. Eldorado. It's just got is, that that really brightness. That's that that sea brightness of you gold, get. isn't it? Eldorado. <laughs> Great film. Fuck me. All right, moving on. <laughs> Let's kick off with some news. 
We interrupt this broadcast with some breaking news from the front. I'd rather, talk, I'd rather talk about El Dorado. What a fantastic uh, animated film that is. Anyway. Um, you have to do it in the newscaster voice. <clears throat> All right. Well, coming back in. The Fallout TV show is given a release date, 12th of April, 24, via a Pip-Boy ad on X slash Twitter. Um, you know what's the funniest thing about the changing it from Twitter to X is that uh, <laughs> having, a, having a so Twitter much subscription. Wrong. Well, yeah. But having a Twitter subscription um, and account and then getting emails from Twitter and they still have to go X formally known as Twitter in the email. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, I mean- Because otherwise it'd just be like, well, that's a porn email, so that's well, not going well, through. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tafcap had that problem the whole time, right? Yeah. Well, until he was rebadged to Prince again. Yeah, I was going to say he was always the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah, yeah. Tafcap. Yeah. And that's, and, and even fucking Eminem made a joke in one of his earlier lyrics about I was- I was suspend. Uh, the white boy was suspenseful ever since Prince turned himself into a symbol. Anyway, some random. Please never rap again. Um- <laughs> that wasn't me rapping. <laughs> Fuck you. That was me reading lyrics. M- motherfucker. You so don't want happened- to hear me rap. <laughs> what happened? To- what happened to not getting hung up in the news and wasting yeah. time? <laughs> Point one. Pete starts singing Eminem lyrics. Yeah, yeah that's, that's going to fucking derail the show. Uh, so, yes, there's a uh, Fallout 4. It's uh, 12th of April, 24. Um, there is, like, the, I put the video link in the notes there, but it's, it doesn't show much. It's literally just the Pip-Boy animation, and he types on his little computer, and then it just go, brings up the date. So, Look, if uh, they take a page from fucking The Last of Us, then mm. I'm all over that shit. I love a good post-apocalyptic Yeah. Um. TV yeah, show. If they take a, give it a shot. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If they if they go down the path of Walking Dead where it's just then it's, you know, I seventeen seasons and a movie later kind of thing. Yeah. It won't be Last of Us though, because the the, the tonal difference of Fallout is completely different. It's never it's never gonna be that serious. No, but but we're not when it's not so much the tone, it's more the appreciation for the original source material, okay. the respect. The original mm. source material, because even Last of Us, the movie, the, the TV show, deviated. That's mm. um, so we ended up meeting Ellie's mother, which you never met in the t- in the in the games. Um, well, there you go. Anyway, we don't know what's happening in the uh, Fallout TV show, but it's it's coming out twelfth uh, of April, <laughs> and yet 24th. we've got three minutes of talk out of it. Uh, next little point. This one I put in for uh, young Dan over here. Um, Return to Moria has been delayed on the PS Five. It's Releasing eleven days later than the PC version, so hey, I've, I've got my copy. 11. It finished downloading two minutes before uh, I had to fucking log on here. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so yes, fifth of November for uh, the PS5 version, but it released uh, last night on PC. Uh, the twenty fourth of October for those playing at home and keeping track of us uh, via some sort of calendar like thing. I've got um, in my <laughs> Are You Winning, Son? Sad Dan didn't get to play Return to Moria. <laughs> sad Dan. Sad Dan is sad. Sad Dan. Uh, now Pete needs to super in my face, or superimpose my face on that oh. sad cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's uh, the cover art done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sad Dan is sad. There's a t- there's the episode title. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, PS5 Slim. So PS5 Slim is coming out. Um, I think the most interesting about this is the fact that it is releasing with a removable disk drive. Mm. So even if you buy the digital version and then later choose to play something on disc, you can go and buy. Let me get you the pricing there. Um, <laughs> if you paid 679 AUD for the PS5 digital edition, 
just for a cheeky 160 bucks, you can get a little uh, Blu-ray disc drive to uh, clip on. Um, I don't think it would be backwards compatible with the uh, compatible with that's uh, a word. It is um, with the Pay original more, digital edition. Uh, purely because the new PS5 Slim has four face plates as opposed to two. So I think that's the only... <laughs> so they can charge double the amount for coloured plastic while suing anyone else who makes anything that even resembles a face plate. Yes. Um, well done to them. But yeah, uh, so there's the PS5 with the with a disc drive. The new Slim one is 800 bucks Australian. The digital edition without a disc drive is 680 if you want to buy a disk drive separately, it's 160 bucks. And the new vertical stand. So this is, you know, how it came with that little, like that's plate, not, yeah. that's not uh, being uh, included anymore. If you want to buy the You're PS joking. official, no, it's giving you a little like one little kickstand thing in it. Um, if you want to buy a vertical stand to stand your PlayStation upright. Um, that's going to cost you 50 bucks. Bullshit. 50, 50 bucks for a piece of plastic. 50 bucks for a piece of plastic. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Oh. So, so, so my question is: Do you think my new inbox, never been used PS5 original, mm. will go up or down in value when it's released? Well, they're not improving any of the. Actually, no, they are improving the the solid state drive. It is increasing in size. Yeah, it's going up from about 800, 800 gig to one terabyte. So I'll probably um, just sell mine for six hundred bucks. Yeah, I, I only yeah. still have it here. It's actually literally just off camera here. Mm. Uh, it's still in the original JB Hi-Fi bag that stretched as I dragged it home. Um, I, I, I'm just fucking lazy. I yeah. just need to put it up. The um, the stats on it, yeah, we're, we're it's it's thirty percent lighter uh, in terms of the weight of the actual console. And then there was something about the. I with, figured that's what you meant. Not yeah, they dialed up the white on the white paint. No, it's thirty percent whiter um, and a hundred percent lighter. Cool. No, it's not. <laughs> it's got some sort of racing speed stripe through them and all that. I prefer the original. I don't like the look of the slim. Like, if does it really have a racing stripe? Well, it's got it's got a black stripe in the middle. Uh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, which is yeah. where the four face plates come in. Um, yeah, so which that's, I get, almost guarantee is just so they can charge more for the fucking replacement face plates because they're like a hundred bucks. If you go to if you go to EB well, and you, buy yeah, them, the, the, the coloured ones, yeah, yeah, they're. $100 for a sheet of plastic that's two mils wide and would literally cost maybe 15 cents in filament to 3D print it. Probably, yeah. Um, looking like it's releasing in US on November 8th, so I'm sure a Australian release, release date is not far behind. Mm. Um, cool. Next little bit of news I think is really cool. The Analog 3D is releasing in 2024. Um, what is it, you might ask? Well, let me tell you, gentlemen. <laughs> Um, it's a 4K version of the N64 with the ability to play original cartridges natively instead of using emulation. Wow. Yes. Uh, so the company behind it, Analog, have already recreated a Game Boy, a Super Nintendo, and a Sega Master System, which all do this. And the next step is to redo it with a uh, 64. So if you have a box of, you know, box of old 64 cartridges sitting around in a garage somewhere um, and you've never been able to play them because you're 64... Shut the bed. Um, I'm sure it'll charge you a very pretty penny for it, and they sold out like hotcakes the other the other editions. But mm. also, do you really want to play a 64 game in 4K? It's gonna look like <laughs> shit. <laughs> High definition I mean, flat polygons. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it's just just <laughs> more pixels get added to that big blocky ass on the back yeah. of Mario. Um, 
I'm assuming this is sanctioned, right? This is fo- this is a formal like Nintendo have signed off on this. The I've well, did stuff like this before. Have you I seen the look, news recently with Nintendo yeah. clamping down on on even like tournament rules and shit? Yeah, yeah. like it must be not for profit. Your first prize can't be more than four five thousand dollars. Like they've basically just decimated the entire esports community built around anything Nintendo, which is a weird little- fucking move. Well, the the Smash Brothers like esports tournament was huge. Yeah, that was massive. that's specifically yeah. what what I yeah it was yeah. it came off the back of that. But I didn't get any time to put in any of my slightly right leaning news this this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom. I know I'm putting words in your mouth. You only gave me shit, shit about it once. I know. I know. I didn't say shit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's move on to some PlayStation Plus games because Pete loves those. Uh, Gotham Knights has been released as the new If You Got Extra. I might actually jump in and give it a go, I think, because it's free. Well, free-ish. Dan's size. Oh, uh, no, I mean, it's like I, if if it if it came up on mine, I'd add it to my library, and when I got bored, I'd probably jump in on play. Yeah, yeah I think I, that's the, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's just one of those things, like this game's like 18 months old. It just got... Smashed in reviews, so now they've gone. Hey, please, can something now continue to play this game? <laughs> please, play I can't believe game, it's eighteen so. months old already. It doesn't feel like that long ago. We were talking about it before release. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be. I, I don't. I, I, I don't, don't think it's eighteen months. You. Yeah, I'm just, I, I it's think just it's amazing. Sooner. Sooner. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it released this year. <laughs> really, and it's yeah. already no. Free. Have uh, a look. Um, I'll read while you look that up. I'll read off some of the other games that are in there, which sound decent. Um, Disco Elysium, the final cut, uh, October 22, 12 months old. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 12 months. Yeah. Um, dark pictures anthology house of ashes. They've, they've done a few of those through, um, the PS plus subscription. Now I think that's, mm. that's the three, the trilogy. So this must be the last one to get added through that. Um, alien isolation, uh, the original dead Island, uh, the definitive de- definitive edition, which I imagine is a remaster of the original, Outlast Two, Elite Dangerous, uh, Far Changing Tides, Gungrave, G O R E, Elder oh, that's Souls, not that old either, and Roki are the other games they've added as part of the extra subscription. If you have that and any of those games tickled your little pickle, well, Eldest, you better go grab them. Elder Souls, how how much of a fucking cash in on uh, mm. the Strong Soft yeah. is that? I didn't. I, I should have, and I I didn't look up any like gameplay for any of them. But I I, I want, when I saw that one, I was like, I should probably look that one up and have a look. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and yes. Dead Island was that the one that we used to play, Dan? That was yeah. buggy as fuck. Yeah, and it never. I mean, the definitive edition might be a little bit less buggy, but I don't think. I think it's probably just got the. Um, DLCs and that included it was a bit of a bit of a remaster or something. Yeah, it wasn't unentertaining to play. No, it had certainly had potential. Like you could well, see they just that it, they just released the sequel. Like yeah, within the last Dead Island too. But they've also yeah. written other games that use the same engine. weren't they the guys that did Dying Light? No, I don't think so. No, they were oh. both both unusually similar in release at a similar time. <laughs> yeah, as in yeah. like some developers obviously quit and started their own company mm. and made the other game. Yeah. Well, Dead Island 2 was in development hell for so long and it got picked Ages. up by a, yeah. by a separate company. And apparently it's for what it is, it's actually really good. Like it's got much more linear mission areas than the mm. original, which was a more open island. Mm. Uh, yeah. And like it's, it sounds all right to me. And I mean, I've played through Dead Island Dell and two also now. had the really um, that really great trailer. Yeah, the, 
of the little the family and the little girl, and it was no, that's the first one. Is it? Yeah, Dead Island Two trailer is the like the puffed up blonde haired guy jogging along ah, Santa Monica yeah, Boulevard, yeah, 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 with yeah, his yeah. Uh, with his with his headphones on while the yep. world turns to shit behind him. Yep. Yep. And then he gets like cracked in the head by a Jack Black kind of character going along <laughs> in, a, in a minivan. I just got a notification from our recording software that we lost connection to the server for a second. So hopefully we didn't. Hopefully everything's fine. They better not lose my news because that's literally the only thing that I think we've done so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Last little bit. uh, Charles Martinet, uh, who was the voice of Mario, he's he's been replaced as he retired recently. Um, And his replacement has been announced with the new uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder game, which came out last week. Um, And the guy who's now voicing uh, Mario and Luigi is a guy named Kevin Afghani. And he has a very, very short resume. But he's also only like twenty six, so I was obviously they're the locking, joke. They're locking him. <laughs> they're locking him in. There's got to be a punchline. Which one do you go? Do you go short Mario? Do you go short uh, short dialogue? Do you, he hasn't got much to work with. <laughs> I didn't know where to go. My brain went too many ways, and, and I couldn't pick one. That is why you fail. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes. So yes, there is a, a, a new official voice of Mario and Luigi, um, and I, I reckon he's been locked into a long contract, being only twenty six, given yeah. how long Charles Martinet did the voice of Mario. Um, but you know what? Thank God they didn't choose to use Chris Pratt because you know it was fine, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it wasn't great, but you know, wasn't great. Wasn't great. Anyway, that's the news. Broadcast over. Well, I don't know about you guys, but my life's made up of. Wasn't terrible. Wasn't great. Yeah, that's the news. <laughs> oh, boy. I've got props on hand for this episode. <laughs> Do we? I can't want- tell what Dan was laughing at precisely. Then, well, my mind went to very a, a lot of things within your life, Pete. No, I was just trying to. I was just trying to, like just the the the, yeah. the the film roll just rolled over in my head like a like a greatest hits streak. <laughs> It was like, uh, it's is, is being a little bit polite. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to pause and see if you've Just got in that case. file and start again for the next beer? <laughs> and we're no, back. No, and I don't intend to. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Tom did this beer, but anyway. Doing Tom's greatest hits tonight. Yeah. Uh, repeat episode. What did Tom do? No, it's all right. Keep going. What didn't Tom do? Keep um, going. All right, we're going to review our second beer. Um, I haven't committed genocide. I'll go. I'll go first, since you guys seem to be faffing around. So this is Molly Rose Brewing's. Why not a brown ale? Oh, I meant to ask. When are we doing the brown ale? Oh Fuck. bollocks! Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. My good. bad. My fault. I was meant to ask the question. Um, this this can. I mean, I, it's not. It's not a circle. I don't know what that's supposed to be, but. Um, the well, there's can a big are, ripple in that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a stick on label for a start. But the the actual can art design reminds me of the moon, uh, movie cover, for some reason. Anyway, oh, the the um, moon, the movie called yeah. the moon. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Um, it's a it's an Indian brown ale, which Tom was explaining to me earlier is basically a hoppy brown ale, and that is exactly what this is. Absolutely nails the brief. So You're right, it does remind me of the moon. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 biscuity and and malty 
which is exactly what you'd expect. But it does have a hop hit to it, 6.5%. Um, I don't have too much to say about it other than it's it's really fucking good. So go out and buy it, you dogs. <laughs> yeah. Are you um, doing that one tonight as well, Tom? No. No, okay. I'm saving that for my own personal time. Okay. But yeah, no, like nice and it's got a like a nice citrus hop hit to it. Sorry, I'm trying not to burp on mic. It's a problem with drinking carbonated beverages on a podcast. Um hmm. to be honest, and this might not come across as politely as I as I wanted to, it rarely does when I my mouth is open and words are coming out, but mm-hmm. um this reminds me a little bit of the Zythologist's brown ale, but I really like this one. <laughs> I literally, uh, I'm not muting it either. Fuck, I'm leaving I it sighed, in. I'm not I sighed it as out. soon as he started that sentence, and then I was, I was not, I was not let down. I was not let down. <laughs> I mean, I'm not being rude. I just, I'm just. Your DMs I'm, are gonna blow up now, bro. I'm allowed to have, I'm allowed you. to have preferences, and I was accused of not knowing anything about brown owls. I'm just saying. Well, that wasn't that's that wasn't the accusation. It was more just they're not for everyone. I really like this. So anyway, yeah, and I refuse to edit any of my opinions out. No, no, I'm, that was great. I, I'm yeah. going to give it a four, <laughs> four and a half. I'm glad you said out on the end of that uh, that sentence, Pete. I refuse to edit any of my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> it works too. Yeah. Uh, yep. No, I, I really like that. So I, I would drink plenty more of that. So, yeah, I'm going to get that. What did I say? 4.25. I don't know. I wasn't listening. You know what? I know you're joking, but I also wouldn't put it past you. Dan, what are you drinking, mate? Uh, I'm pretty sure Tom's had this, or I've had it, or I don't remember. <laughs> the garage. You know protein. we have untapped, right? <laughs> I, I, Just, you know, you know what? When I, I did Pete do had this, that one actually. When I did do this order, I did go and look at uh, what was on there, and I think I even messaged you about, hey, have we done this on there? And then I said, don't worry, I found it. It is. It is one of the Garage Project collab beers, the Happy Sessions. Yeah, Happy Session Volume Twelve. Uh, Highland. That's Park. pretty good from only seeing the side of the can. Yeah. Like, it reminds <laughs> me of the Mind Flayer. Uh, is it Mind Flayer? First time. Okay. No, it's a Woolworths Slickerland beer. No, oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. It's yep. got that same teal color on the side. Yeah. Yep. It's not uh, apple. It's teal. Highland Park Garage Project Immense World. Um, it's got a little bit of oxidization on it, but it's still got a good sort of fresh hop character to it. Um, uh, mosaic, uh, Ruwaka, and Mochiwaka. So it's got a bit of herbal, sort of, uh, herbal aroma and character coming from those New Zealand hops, especially the Mochiwaka. And it's actually got a little bit of that. It's not funk. I was trying to explain this the other day that New Zealand hops have this. I've, I know I've, I've said it. I've said it's funk before, but it's kind of like I don't eat blue cheese, but it's kind of that smell that comes from blue cheese, which, yes, I know is mold and is technically funk, but it's not funk as in barnyard saison. It, if, it's not farmhouse. Funk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a heavy baseline kind of funk. Yeah, that's for. exactly yeah, yeah. what it is. Yeah. Get get the double base out there. Uh, yeah. It's it's really nice. It's like I said, it's got a little bit of oxidization on it. It's be, it's got a best before of February next year. 
Uh, so it's still got a few months on it. But weren't we it, talking about NZ hops a little a few episodes ago, and we, we, were. we were talking about the the dieselly, dieseliness, yeah, the earth, oil. earthy aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, you can get the, there's different ones have different levels of it, but they all mm. seem to have a very similar through line. I don't know about these new ones, the superdelics and things like that. That's why I was asking you about that the other day, Tom. Whether you had any in there, so. Be very so this one's actually. Yep, I definitely remember to do that, and will not do that this weekend. <laughs> so this one's actually a pilsner. I didn't. I didn't read the top part because there's a lot of text on the back. I didn't actually read what right. um, we have the technology. We have the technology. We can rebuild for Highland Park. Come garage. Yep, I'll read every third word. Classic <laughs> pilsner. There we go. Dang. It wasn't about, a question. It was a about, statement. You didn't need to verify. Yeah, yeah, I know. But about like the tenth line down. No, probably even more that. Like fifteenth line down between two paragraphs. It's actually it's- three breweries. Oh, is it? A hat trick of collaborations from three... Bro- oh, no, sorry. That's the Happy Sessions 23 overall. Yeah. So this one's with Highland Park. You're Highland right. Park, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. LA it, Wonder it's, Kids. It's, it's good, but if you want to try it, don't leave it any longer. So so uh, maybe... and, and you, uh, So first of all, out of five? Mm, that's a hard one. Uh, you haven't heard my next question. Started with three, three seven five. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. What does oxidization taste like? Uh, oh, it's an easy question. Papery, wet cardboard. Okay. Uh, in, in certain beers, it can also be mistaken for malt character. Uh, in in is that in, an insult to the beer or? No, it, it's just a sensory. Call me, call me. <laughs> it's just a sensory. Misconception. It can have that sweet malty character to it sometimes, depending on what malts are in there. If it's hop heavy, it's really easy to pick up on it. It's mm, just like mm. it's like dank, wet cardboard that you go and pick up because you've left it on your driveway for too long and it's you've had a thunderstorm and then and the then you licked it. Out. Yeah, go. it's always the weirdest thing when I ever when when I first heard it stuck with me ever since when someone was describe, is describing oxidization to me and it was a certain Cicerone whose name uh, rhymes with Ian Pereira. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and he may or may not have been on the podcast a few times. But when he when he first was like, t- he was teaching me some stuff like years and years ago and he was just like, yeah, so oxidization is all, it's all like wet carpet. I was like, you ever eaten wet carpet? He goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I know but what the it tastes like. Book says so. But you yeah, do. Just, you know what it tastes like because yeah. it's one of those things that gets up there. Well, so much of taste is smell, and you run. do yeah, smell yeah, yeah. this stuff. So, but it was yeah. just one of those things of just being like, did you ever eat wet cardboard? He's like, no. I was like, should we? <laughs> but <laughs> it's not as, a, as an experiment. It's a yeah, thing. It's it's not just <laughs> wet cardboard. It's kind of like wet old cardboard. It's not. It's not oh, like well, that explains everything. I'm just, it's not like I'm going to go and get a piece of cardboard, run it under the Age tap it. for two minutes, <laughs> and then stick it in my gob and like chew on it for a little bit. Um, oh, you can just it's- see the, the Cicero training courses <laughs> now. It's like it's two pieces of cardboard. One's been aged in, uh, in, in 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 a dark room for twelve months, and you have to be able to tell in, the difference in, in feeder barrels. And the other one's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> last week's Kellogg's packet. Yeah. Well, they well they do they do well they, fresh well, off the Amazon truck. The one the one I went to when they do uh, light strike, which is uh, described as skunky. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a bottle in. Uh, we got a bottle that was green glass, and then we put it out. It's in usually the sun. Heineken for a. Ah, I, was, <laughs> I was trying to think of one of your smart. Um, 
You can't do that. <laughs> what are you smart <laughs> rhyming? And we put it out there. Nineikin. In the, in the, <laughs> Nineikin. <laughs> you have to Nine. say it like Arnie, though. <laughs> we put down the sun for 20 minutes and yep. then the person pouring it cracked it open in the room next door to the room we're in and we could smell it when as soon as he cracked the bottle open. So, yes, yeah, right. there is ways of doing it. And you can also train your palate too, right? Like, so when, oh, you're, yeah. when you're going you through- off, like off, a, off flavor kits and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah oh, I mean, yeah. the sommelier kits are all over the internet mm. where they, they have the concentrated flavors. And your brain does need a level. So, so I've discovered this recently with my palate, even after quitting smoking. So I've been off cigarettes for 14, 15 months now. Mm. Other than oh, that. Thank you. Big, <clears throat> big stogie you were sucking hard oh, on the other day. A, a, a cigar. That's not a cigarette. A cigar once a year <laughs> isn't, isn't the same because it doesn't destroy your palate on an ongoing basis. But I've discovered my palate um, just isn't great. Like my, and it's because my sense of smell, my my sinuses are blocked. I need to go back and see an ENT about it. But which directly affects your drinking. But but you have to also reprogram the brain to be able to separate out these these flavors. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of them talk about like if you really want to get that kind of palate, that palate um, sense, you mm. go and just pick up things in the in the supermarket and smell them, and then you just like you you it's literally like grapefruit. That's grapefruit. I'm going to remember grapefruit. I'm going to come every every but week. But it's and grapefruit, smell grapefruit next to orange, <laughs> and you have to. Smell you look like a weirdo in the <laughs> shop. <yesterday. laughs> a fucking the, weirdo walking through Woolies. <laughs> go yeah. to the next fruit and the next one. Hey, I need to clean my palate. I'm going to go and smell some Get dirty some coffee potatoes. Beans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you that's the thing as well. If you want to, if you want to reset your palate, they say to lick the back of your hand or smell the back of your smell hand. Smell the back of your hand. Not yeah. lick the back of your hand. It's, <laughs> it's, it's usually it's coffee beans when it. <laughs> fucking. This is how we end up with four hour podcasts. Uh, yeah. I just think it's interesting because you, you you do have a level of neuroplasticity where you you can reprogram the brain and and it, and for me it was a parallel with learning languages. There are. Your brain, by the time you're in your teens, and if you only speak one language, your brain starts separating sounds into piles. So that if yeah. you if you mishear something or you're only just on the edge hear something, your brain will fill in the blanks mm. by sorting sounds into piles based on the language you know. Which means, as an adult like me, if you're trying to learn Japanese or <laughs> Arabic, that's like the most like. I'm untruth statement that's ever been said on the podcast. What's that? If you're an, an adult, adult like me. <laughs> if you're old like me, <laughs> that motherfucker. Um, people can say, and, and I, I struggled with, with an ex who was trying to teach me some Arabic and she would say some words and I'd try and repeat it back to her and she'd say, no, it's not this, it's this. And it's like, you just said the same thing twice. It's because my brain's incapable of hearing the difference. And it's kind of similar when you're re and, and you can reprogram your brain to hear the difference. It's the same with this stuff. You have mm. to retrain your palate to understand the subtle differences between, say, lemon, orange, and grapefruit to be able to taste it. You just have to continuously smell it to reprogram your brain. Anyway. So on on exactly that. Three we've hour got podcast. A, yeah, we've got we've <laughs> got a sour we've got a sour beer in tank at the moment. And I was exactly having that conversation today, Pete. It's it's funny you say that because we. I was telling, talking to one of the brewers after I'd tasted it and gone. My taste buds want to tell me it's lime, but my brain is saying it's not lime enough to be lime. But it's not. It's it was a weird blend between the 
the the acidity and sharp citrus side of the lemon lime side of it and the more rounded orange side of it it was it was a weird amalgamation of both and that's that's yeah hmm. interesting it's come up twice today so far for me because i had this whole conversation about language and stuff before so um what are you drinking, an amazing Tom? creature yeah what are you drinking Tom? <laughs> My brain is smooth for speed. Um, it's aerodynamic. <laughs> I'm not touching that at all. Also, when Dan was uh, saying it's it's my my taste buds are telling me it's lime, but my brain telling me it's not lime. Enough. The only thing that was playing in my head, smooth brain, um, was uh, my my body's telling me no, but my mind is saying yes. That song that just came in. Anyway, I um I have a lot of problems. Uh, I'm drinking uh, Duke's Pilsner. Um, from Freshwater Brewing. It's delicious. Um, it is a 5% Pilsner from the guys up at Freshwater. Um, full disclosure, I did not pay for this beer. I traded it in a bartering system at a festival. Um, and I got the better deal. The I got beer the better economy. Deal. Yeah. Uh, this is so. That so money stock- wasn't the item that you gave them in return in this bartering process, right? No, I um gave them someone else's beer. Yes, uh, this one's for the game changers. So back in 1915, Duke Kahanamoku and Isabel Letham rode the waves of freshwater beach, and Aussie surf culture was born. Really, there you go. I did not know that. Um, so this is a celebration of our home and of surfing and a nod to the Bohemian Brewers that changed the game for beer back in 1842. Um, so I guess it's a Bohemian Pilsner, whatever so, that actually means. Slash, <laughs> slash check. Mate. No? Mate. Chest joke. Um, dry, biscuity, and golden. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's very good. It's nice and clear. Um, mm. It doesn't help when my light is not the greatest. Where it is, but it's yeah. it's lighter than it appears on camera. I can yeah yeah yeah. It's yeah. um but yeah really biscuity very good. Um, nice. I'm going to give that a four and a half. Very very That's much cool. enjoying that one. Um, and at five percent, it's um yeah it's really easy going down. Uh, but cool. There we go. I like that. Also, their can um is that kind of textured the, the paper. Textured deal? paper. Yeah yeah yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're all feeling it. Yeah, <laughs> you're all doing it. We're all cool. feeling it. <laughs> um, um, let's get into some reviews. Yes, yes. Let's make sure we don't spend the next twenty minutes talking about Ahsoka, but we are going to talk about Ahsoka season one. I think this first mm. came off the rank. Um, uh, Tom and I watched it. Dan uh, did not. Well, I think I did. You basically did. did through watching people's reviews of episodes. Yeah, that's exactly what I did because there's one guy that I watched. Not at all an it's- echo chamber either. <laughs> instead, instead of actually just going and watching the content, you watched other people talk about the content. Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry, I'm getting a call from the Chinese embassy. Uh, I Sorry, don't. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't illegally download things. Although uh, I have asked a certain person to get me a copy of Andor because I really want to rewatch Andor, but I'm not going to pay those Disney fuckers uh, to watch it. When you say a certain person, do you mean somebody whose name rhymes with Ui? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would it would be Ui. We'll, we'll for, for for certain anonymity uh, reasons, we'll call him Ui. 
<laughs> nah, it's that bluey dog. That's bluey. Yeah, bluey the dog. Yeah, because yeah. everyone would have pictured a redhead. Oh, sorry, yeah. for our international audiences. I don't know why, but we call redheads bluey in Australia. I, I don't get it. But bluey's, a, bluey's also a cattle dog. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a colour. For, for animals, yeah. it's grey, anyway, but we're, for we're getting, people, it's red. We're getting yeah, we're a three-hour episode. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I, I found So what did you think of the season overall, Dan? Uh, I thought it was fucking trash. Uh, I thought there was I thought there was some very good and interesting aspects to it that really only related to people that knew about certain things like the world between worlds yep. uh, and the whole Anakin thing. Uh, I'd love to see some Clone Wars stuff in live action uh, rather than just a, a flashback uh, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody crossed their arms way too much and sighed a lot. And the world. The size. Like, I saw that in the honest trailers. Yeah. That was yeah. great. Yeah, and he did a supercut of all the size. Yeah, yeah. Uh the 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 big aesthetic and even looking from um stills of uh certain scenes, the world just looks way too clean. Like the 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 whole the whole lived in Lothal world. Is- Lothal was. Yeah, Lothal was Lothal, Lothal. Yeah. I always Lothal, pronounce it yeah. Lothal. 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 But even like the the main one that stood out was when Hera was on trial for being mm. a bad general and disregarding orders, but still got let off because somebody another general lied for her. See, three PO deliver the message. Yeah. But like, every, everything was too clean, and it, they all they looked like action toys. Like she looked like an action toy. It was everybody a senate sitting, meeting, though. Well, not a senate. It was a court. So but, that's where they it, put on their Sunday best. No, nah, no, nah, it looked fake. Like. I know it is fake, so that's a really <laughs> dumb comment. No, but it's not a dumb comment because the whole point of Hollywood is it's all fake and it's supposed yeah. to convince you that it's not. Yeah, and then and it was a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, the Sabine's makeup in weird places that like that was shot looked like it got put on with Homer's shotgun makeup. Um, gun. Uh, oh, that was homie, weird. you set the gun to whore again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. And. It, like she was such a good pick for the character, but it was just it just nothing ever felt like it progressed in time or felt like it took any time. Like when she yeah. was abducted, she still looked the same. The day she got off is stood in front of Thrawn as the day she like this the, the trip was meant to take what hours or days or something to mm. get across the galaxies. I'm jumping ahead here, but I'm gonna shut up in two seconds. And mm-hmm. that all, it all seemed really. For someone who's never seen it, you're doing so fucking well. And it all just seemed really odd to me. Um, the the whole visual aspect of it, and the last thing I'll comment on was Ezra's magic hands. Uh, it just looked fucking horrible that fight scene, uh, and mm. it looks like I dropped it in the the chat. One of those uh, kung fu masters in in our real world. I said it in very loose quotation marks. <laughs> Uh, doing any students falling over when he like lightly taps them on the forehead, and it's just, it's just, fu- <laughs> it was just fucking ridiculous and over exaggerated, and it really felt like, even though it was written and directed by somebody who we know has a very good understanding of what the the law is, it mm. felt like it was done by a fucking twelve year old and his mates and a GoPro. Cool. No, I, I wholeheartedly oh, disagree with that. No, I, and I don't. I don't mean the 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 filming quality of it. I mean it felt like a bunch of people running around in a backyard. Oh yeah, 
I'm going to force push you and you fall backwards. That particular like, fight? Or are you talking about the whole series? That particular one and a couple of bits I'll, of the other one. Okay, I'll let that off with a- uh, With a with a warning. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the Bale and Ahsoka one looks pretty good. And I will hmm. step out now. Go on, Peter. No, 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 you go, mate. No, no, I think because your points are probably going to roll more better off Dan's than mine are because I'm on the opposite side of the fence. Oh, okay. I, I, look, I, I'm trying to keep a balanced perspective on this because the actual storyline wasn't a terrible one. I mm. think it could have been told in a lot less episodes if we weren't panning it out. Um. But and and it's it's a, and it's a yeah, plot yeah. device. It's yeah. a plot device to create a threat that isn't the emperor that has to replace Darth. It's fundamentally what this whole season was about was bringing was bringing Thrawn back to become the next threat. So they have so they have something to tell a story about in future movies slash TV series, which I'm okay with. I'm I'm all right mm. with all that. I think the the casting was perfect. Across all of the characters, I think they fucking nailed the casting. And I love David. David Tennant, for me, was a standout in terms of his timing. His comedic timing is very David Tennant-y. Like, it's fucking bang on. Especially the way he delivers. Affirmative. The, yeah, just some there of the, like, there's some of the shorter there was a lines Doctor he delivered. Who, was so, yeah, yeah. There were a couple of Doctor Who references, yeah, yeah, and I, Affirmative I, I was one of those. those. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the fight choreography it's interesting you brought it up dan because i i noted down in the i think the penultimate and the final episodes fight choreography for me felt a lot more video gamey than tv that i've that i've seen out of star wars before to me it felt almost and it's i'm not drawing a parallel but it was on the spectrum of the batman fight in bvs where we always talk about that being so much closer to the Arkham Knight style of fighting. For mm. me, the final fight especially, or the final fights especially in the final episode, yeah, felt so much closer to Force Unleashed and to Jedi Survivor in terms of the fight choreography and the stylist, like the style and the approach of I'm going to force push this bad guy into somebody else's lightsaber. We've never really seen it shown the way that it was shown in the TV series. Yeah. And I really I really appreciated the the dynamics in the fights and the choreography in the fights. Where I think it all fell down for me personally was just how utterly contrived the story felt for me. And and to me, you know, and and Sabine is an easy through line example and I I took the piss out of Sabine with the whole blast helmet and oh my god was why are we getting blast helmets out of the cupboard oh, oh, oh never seen this to me that was just cheap but whatever maybe we've got new people watching this that have never seen the original stuff maybe mm-hmm. don't know I can I can let that through to the keeper but to me you had every episode of Sabine not being able to touch the force she wasn't able to move a fucking, uh, 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 it was a pencil or a pen on the table and she spent the entire season being unable to really connect with the Force and it was a major plot line through the entire season and you knew straight up, because we're, we're old, cynical motherfuckers, you knew mm. right, you knew straight at the start that, that at the end, in the final episode, she'll have some major breakthrough. I expected that. I'm cool yeah. with the idea that in the final episode she's going to reach out and the lightsaber is going to wiggle a little bit and you're going to go, oh, is it going to move? Is it going to move? And then it's going to come to her hand. I expected that. But then the entire fight that followed immediately after 
she's wielding the force at the same level as fucking Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. And to me, that leap of 10 Mm. seconds ago, I couldn't move the lightsaber and now I'm force pushing Ezra Miller across a gap bigger than anything we've ever- (laughs) Ezra Bridger. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm very passionate about this point. Sorry. She she did make him move pretty fast. Seriously. In a flash. (laughs) But seriously, that that yeah, I we we got it. It's it's yeah, I'll cop it. But but to me, force pushing him across that gap yeah. and a gap that vast, it's a bigger gap than any any jump we've ever made in any video game from a master force user. And she mm. pushed him across it ten seconds after she couldn't move a fucking lightsaber. I def- no, I definitely agree with you there. I I really think it would have been a really bold and brave move if she tried to force pull that lightsaber in the final fight against the zombie storm, mm. the death trooper, and it didn't come. Mm. I, I, I think that would have been a much cooler and a much bolder move for them to make. I just don't think you can uh, go but I definitely, from- I, I definitely agree with you. I, I, when she force pushed him across, it was, wasn't was a victory thing for me. Like It wasn't like a, this is a good way to show the character. It was kind of like, she, just she, shouldn't, she shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And and it wasn't just that force push. The force push is the most obvious part of it at the mm. end. But that whole fight, the whole fight with Definitely her and Ahsoka. Definitely wanted to see, it, see, see her pulling out more Mandalorian fight. Yeah, than she did earlier. but that was exactly right. But there was so much force use. The minute she pulled that lightsaber yeah. to her hands, everything was force push, force pull, force fucking everything. She if she if she couldn't have she she should have tried and to tried to pull it. And this is all backseat directing. But like in the Rebels animated series, when she's going up against Ezra in the training, when Ezra and Kane are trying to train her with the Darksaber, she's using all of the Jedi skills with all of her Mandalorian skills. Yeah. yeah. Like they have the they have the grappling hook. She should have grapple hooked that lightsaber and pulled and it what, in. Like And that's and what she, bugs me because she is a unique character. If they're gonna mm, give her force powers, mm. they had a unique opportunity to create a different type or a different style of Jedi. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And yep. they and they and didn't. to me they fumbled it. Mm. I also wouldn't have got her to grapple hook the lightsaber if I had my choice. I would have got her as she was kind of struggling to then get her flamethrower right in that helmet and yeah. burn that fuck's head <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Um and, and the last thing I wanted to say was Ezra Ezra leaning Bridger. into the Ezra Bridger, yeah, thank you, not Miller. Ezra leaning into the force as opposed to his lightsaber was cool, but I think a choice when when she when Sabine offered him the lightsaber and he said I don't need it I'm going to use a force was another contrived plot point to demonstrate his ability. Especially when an episode later he's building another lightsaber. And it just felt ham fisted where it didn't need to be because the the outcome was cool. Yeah, stylistically it was a good choice, but the path to get there felt cheap and Mattel. It just, I, I just. That, that so to me it was balanced, but I I just I, I overall the other thing I just wanted to say before I mm. flip to you, Tom. No, mate. It's not a story I have needed this needed to hear. I mean, bring thr- bringing Thrawn back breathes life in, or potential doesn't breathe life. It just breathes potential back into Star Wars. It gives them something to talk about in a future movie series or or, or TV series. Well, mm. it doesn't because we're already past that point because they blew it with the sequels. So. If Thrawn, yeah, but they, they can now put in a bunch of movies in between and tell the story gotta, of yeah. Thrawn's re-rise and then ultimately he has to die because he can't be around for the final trilogy. 
Nah. It would make no sense because if he was, he would have been a part of those movies. So, so he's got a. He, but they've got plenty of time to tell lo- a bunch of stories in that space that they've created. Yes. Yeah. So I get that part. I just I don't think I needed to see. There was nothing in that series that I. I personally would have preferred an Ahsoka story that had nothing to at all to do with Rebels. I would have preferred her as the the the, the grey Jedi who is still struggling with the emotional tor- turmoil and torment of her master turning into, into Darth Vader, which they did mm. actually treat quite well. I think the special effects of him de-aging were fucking spot on. Um, I just I just didn't need to see the story that I saw. That's all. Fair enough. I I'm on the opposite side of the fence. I chewed it up. I ate it up. I couldn't get enough of it. I wanted more. Um, the whole diving into the mystical side of the Force, I think, is a nice balancing act towards what Andor is. It's also um, very I, Rebels too. Like it's consistent with. And rebels. I wanted more of it. That was the thing that I wanted more of. I, I think I said to you guys after the first episode that the one thing I wanted now. You're talking about that. the Dathomir and witches, right? And when you talk about the mystical side of the Force- No, I'm talking about World Between Worlds, world like between the, worlds. The, the mystical side of the Force compared to the witchcraft side of the, the, the Force that the Night Sisters mm. use. The thing that I wanted to see more, that this series that if I had the million dollars or whatever to make it would be um, in that first episode of Ahsoka hunting down the compass mm-hmm. and the archaeolo- archaeological side of- what Luke Skywalker did trying to find relics of Jedi and Sith post Return of the Jedi, that's a fucking series I want. I want to dive mm. into that. Like, the, like you know, it wasn't, yes, we were a giant peacekeeping force during the, the the golden age of the Republic, but at the same time, you know, you've got in in uh, the, the Sky, uh, um, what's his name? Cal Kestis games. You've got, and, and you know, Cordova, who is he's literally, He's the Indiana Jones of Star Wars. He's yeah. going and he's finding lost relics and he's, he's delving into this mystical side of the force. That's what I really wanted them to dive into. Um, they dived. They didn't dive into it. They dove. They treaded lightly. They treaded lightly into that into that pool and they maybe got up to their knees and I wanted them to sink right in. Um, and that's the, that's definitely the thing. And I think I mentioned to you guys the um, it's one of the like minor missions in the Battlefront Two campaign where you go as Luke and he's finding one of the Emperor's um, safe houses. But it's that's what I want to see now. I want to see post-Return of the Jedi Luke going out and finding mystical artifacts of the Force and mm. just really trying to like... Because obviously they, the Emperor wiped all, all knowledge of... Well, all knowledge of the Jedi as much as he could post-Order post, post Order 66 to make sure they wouldn't rise again kind of thing. But then you've got people who are like, no, no, I'm going to go find it. And then it's like... Do I want to like I want to see Luke doing that, but at the same time, that's when I want to would like to bring like Doctor Afra in, who's obviously done a lot of that in the comics and stuff. Um, but that's that's what I particularly enjoyed about the whole series was was the diving into the mystical side of the Force as opposed to Andor, which is the the the, the gritty set, the gritty realistic of the, version yeah. of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I'll be right back. You guys keep talking. Sorry. Cool. Um, and I I I've got a like I watched it again this morning. Granted, I had a fucking cracking hangover, but it's fine. But rewatching like Anakin coming back with Hayden Christensen, amazing, absolutely amazing. Like as someone who grew up in the time, like you know, I obviously grew up with the original Star Wars films, but then the the prequel series, like I particularly enjoy. And I, 
yeah, everyone shits on Hayden Christensen for the 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 role he had as Anakin. I think episode two Anakin is still annoying as fuck, but I really <laughs> liked Revenge of the Sith Anakin. Um, I thought that Hayden Christensen came into that role really well, and I think he did an excellent job. And seeing him come back, like pure emotions. Like Emma came home one night and I was watching. I just finished the episode of the Clone Wars flashback, and she's like. Are you openly crying? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, that's my Star Wars moment. That was, that was beautiful. Like the way he moved, the choreography, he, the thing, the fucking, he can still pull off the Anakin backward slash. I think actually even better. Yeah. 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 He was and so fluid and yeah. Watching him walk back when it, the clouds came through and it flashed to him and he's like coming, when he kicks Ahsoka back into the world between worlds and then he does the, shoulder shrug and he's like flashes between him and vader just bucket loads of jizz just oh my god <laughs> they did that a spectacular was... job of of but just seeing him come back and the love and care he's been given as like being able to like re-portray that character and the behind the fucking back that that gives me a really a really special like feeling like as a as a diehard star wars like fanatic and I I am so glad that they gave that back to Hayden. If they'd given it to anyone else, it just wouldn't have been as special. Um, and I think that episode was really, that was the high point. That was the strong point of the series was definitely mm-hmm. that. It wasn't just fan service. It was, you know, it did like- Contextually, it made sense. It made a lot of sense and it was it was good and it was done well. Um so I don't want to disrail your thought here, Tom, but just before you go on to the rest of the series, there's a little yep. clip of um, them filming that se- that sequence and mm. Hayden Christian. So it was a it was a proper walkway that they were standing on in yeah. the World Between Worlds, and Hayden Christensen's uh, squatting on the edge of it, and Dave Filoni's down below, and he- Hayden Christian's explaining to him what Anakin, how Anakin would actually react to Ahsoka, Ahsoka appearing. And it was mm. a, a really good, you can see that he's held onto it despite the, all the, of the backlash. And, yeah. and he's, he's gone, no, I know I've done a good job and there's certain yeah. amount of people out there that know I've done a good job and can do this well. And he's just lent into it. And I just, yeah. there's I think so was- much love and respect there for that. You can't blame an actor entirely for any portrayal because a lot of you you have to understand like most intelligent on, on people understand best, uh, it's coming it's, back like it's the same it's, thing yeah yeah it's writing it's direction yes you know there's a lot of other aspects to this thing you can tell he loves a character and yeah. to be honest out of an actor that's the highest hope that you could ever mm. go for hundred percent because they yeah. and this is the thing it's. Kind of a sidestep because and I'm, it's, I'm, it's all- I, and, and I'm not a fan. Sorry to cut you off there. I'm not a fan of Hayden. So I say that very openly. No, no and I know that. And so if you just say that, I know like that how high regard that is. But it's and it, it's a sidestep now into um and I'm this is a very we, light point. Was yep. um this is the problem with what fucking Marvel are doing is they don't let the actor embody the character in that same sense. Like the fact that Filoni is there looking up and it's it's a like you wouldn't yeah. say it's a power struggle thing, but it's literally him going, No, you're fucking Anakin Skywalker. You you're the one who knows mm. the character back to front. Like, yeah, I can write for him, but you're the one who's played him for a while. Um, and it's the same thing with Sam Witwer, who is mm. without a doubt 
the best Star Wars person to ever exist. That like, guy I think has been, been in the game for so he's fucking He's better long. than Filoni. I'll say that I, <laughs> I much, I have much more respect for Sam Witwer than I do have for Dave Filoni, um, and I have a lot of respect for Dave Filoni. Um, but the, the fact that he's he he's there's an interview where he's like corrected him and be like, no, this is what Maul would actually do in, <laughs> in in the fight in Rebels and stuff. It's like you've got to get the actors. That's what they do. They put their heart and soul into a character. And they portray them as they would like to like portray it because they understand it. They they go through their their acting process, and this is the problem with studios who are like, no, 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 we got this grand plan. It's like your grand plan is fine, but too, but too let, much arrogance let the, char- in Hollywood. Let, the, let, the, let, the, let an actor character develop it themselves. I, just, um, I I think there's too much arrogance in Hollywood, and I think that's that's oh, demonstrable yeah. through through the recent recent strikes. Um, to have your writers and your actors strike at the same time, <laughs> this is a pretty big deal, right? Everything stops. Um. um the last yeah. thing I'd like to touch on is like it's such a fucking shame. It's the mm-hmm. biggest fucking loss about Ray Stevenson because he was like obviously I love Anakin and stuff, and but the way he portrayed Bane's goal, yeah, like that was that was amazing. It. That was so incredible, and I've always really liked Ray Stevenson. I think we all can say we probably have, um, but he really came into that role like like. Head first, he dived into it, and it's just it's, it's such a massive shame that he got taken so so soon after it came out. Because mm. I want to, I would also like an entire Balin Skull series. You must I want to see that that, that the night, the night of the he is the night of the old republic. Mm. But he he must have passed after all principal photography was done. Because mm. I kept he, expecting he passed, he passed like two weeks before the series like um, debuted. I'm pretty sure. Right. Okay. Oh, no. 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 As well, because because yeah. because I kind of kept expecting. I wasn't sure the timeline. I kept expecting them to write him out at the end of each yeah. episode. I was expecting him to die in the show. Um, because we he passed away like three months ago. Mm, and and we no, yeah. it couldn't be that long. We'll look yeah. it up. But yeah, I I definitely think it's. And the one thing I have seen since since he he passed is that the person to take over from him is um. Leave Leave Schreiber as uh, mm. was um, Sabretooth in, in yeah. the X Men films, and it's pretty close. Is he taking like, over as the character? No, so no, the no char- that's that's like the fan casting. Right, 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 were, right. Yeah, it is obviously pretty- he needs to be. You can't you can't write him out now. Like, yeah, because he's well, they left him behind. I guess they could, but just never mention him again. It's convenient, but. I don't. Yeah. I don't think Filoni. Filoni, Filoni wouldn't leave the um the Mortis gods with that bigger bigger hole. Um, hole yeah. Um, and and the last thing for me on on Ahsoka was obviously uh, everyone who was involved in that show clearly loved uh, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings because they had the um the warg attack on the uh, caravan. Um, <laughs> they had the pillars of the Argonath right at the end there uh, that Bane's <laughs> yep, was standing yep, on. Yep, I can see um, that. Yeah. Uh, and Shin Hati was a great character too, um, as a, as an apprentice. I thought there was a nice nice balance yeah. between her and Balin. Yeah, I, I agree. And the interplay between those two, you know what? It, and th- and this goes back to what I was saying. I would have much preferred an Ahsoka story that had fuck all to do with Rebels and didn't have to yeah. connect the dots for us. Yeah, and that would have been a really interesting dynamic to play out and spend a little bit more time focusing on. Is the two Grey Jedi as the counterpoint to Ahsoka being a Grey Jedi? On the other well, side yeah, like of the, the force, the dark balance. Jedi versus yeah. the gray Jedi. Exactly. Jedi and, and yeah. So we don't have we don't have hardcore fucking good guys and bad guys anymore. We've got yeah. shades of gray 
but yep. on on clearly moral differences. That to me would have been a far more interesting series to explore. Oh, um, the other Lord of the Rings the- quote reference was um, Ahsoka coming back as Gandalf the White. That was great. <laughs> but, but we needed we, we needed Thrawn to come back, so we got the series we got. We do need to move on. Um, yeah, that's enough on Osaka. But yeah, I, 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 I cheated up. I loved it. And uh, But yeah, definitely love that idea of explain, exploring the mystical side of the Force compared to Andor's grounded reality. Hmm. I think that was cool. Whereas, I, and I'm not rage quitting, but I will finish loki season two and i will cancel my d plus subscription because i just don't see the i don't see the the value for money i'm getting out of it anymore yeah that's fair um so i'm really quickly because we're gonna have to cut stuff to make up time um so i'm just gonna blitz through this wheel of time season two i've already alluded that it it made a comeback for me season one was a tragic train wreck season two they've done what what i said that they should have done in the first place just step back and get the fuck out of the way of the amazing story. It's a, it's a, it's a world. He is a world builder. Um, Robert Jordan was a world builder that mm. was likened to, to JR, uh, JRR. Jesus, my brain's not working tonight. Tolkien. Um, yeah. th- th- there hasn't really been a, a good, like a, a story that kind of hits that level since Tolkien. Mm. Um, all they really needed to do was pick the right casting and direction and just tell the fucking story that was written for them. They didn't need to reinvent the wheel. They've already got a world-class story. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to do I that. was going to let it go, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Um, season two, they've done exactly that. And it's okay. cool because they didn't Maybe they, they didn't just do book go. two. They actually had to rewrite some stuff to make book two and three collapse into one season. Okay. So there, there is some original content in there, but... By and large, they got out of the fucking way and just told the story. The actors have settled into a rhythm. You can tell that the the dynamic there they're, they're now old friends, and you can tell that the 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 um the chemistry really works between the actors and mm-hmm. the set dressing. I got to tell you, the set dressing to me is higher class than most of the Star Wars set dressing in Ahsoka. I know that's not a not a small thing to say, but. Yeah. They've clearly spent a shitload of time and effort and money looking into how to make everything look super authentic. So I, I would actually suggest skip season one. Maybe I've, just I've still the, got three episodes left. Should I just watch those three episodes? And yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah, just okay. rip that Band-Aid off. But, but yep. season two is a really interesting, intricate story, and it starts to tell you, it starts to show you how broad Robert Jordan's vision for, for Wheel of Time was. Cool. And they did a good job of telling the story. Uh, Continental, did you guys watch it? Not yet. It is on the list. No spoilers. I know it got panned. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Cool. Like it's, thoroughly it's enjoyed it. How how long Three before? Three episodes. No, but how long before the um, time of John Wick, is it set? Is it 70s? 70s? Yeah, it is all yeah. in the 70s. and it's As yeah, long yeah. as it takes for Skarsgård to end up looking like Ian McShane. <laughs> you, 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 you put that timeline in there because I think it's about sixty fucking years. But, but hang on, I've got. To, I've got, to, I've got to, yeah, but the seventies were. The one. But, but the seventies were sixty years ago, Dan. 
Oh no, uh, sorry, yeah. fifty years fifty years ago. Yeah, sorry, no, my bad. Ian, Ian, Ian I said McShane, that with such gusto, and I was wrong. <laughs> Ian McShane's a uh, a well weathered man. He was uh, a well. In, yeah, he in, is a well weathered. Yeah, it just means Skarsgård needs to go out and get some sun. To but I'm going to tell you, that Ian McShane <laughs> do, is. Do yeah. some hard drinking, smoke a pack yeah. a day, and get some sun. <laughs> the story, the, the the story was non obvious, and it is very much a it is very much a John Wick story in the way that it. The, the action sequences are very on point for like a yep. John Woo style movie, but the storyline still involved. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. I don't even. I don't even is, know for sure if he Woo was ever involved. involved. No. But, but it's the gun. It's it's the gun fu style. Yeah. Um, is very much. I know gun fu. <laughs> is still very much involved. Um, but the storyline was actually quite interesting. So okay. if you can get away from the rest of it, yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Popcorn movie. Did exactly what I thought it would do. Um, he's getting on. Tom Cruise starting to look a lot more like his ah, ex-wife. Vampirism no longer. Yes. Because we were given his ex-wife shit in Aquaman, I want to say. No, yeah. no. The Northman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, a little, was, a little, a little from column North- A, a little <laughs> from column B. Yeah. No, Nicole Kidman, we were calling plastic. You're right. It was the Northman. Um, yep. he's starting to look pretty fucking plastic fantastic himself, I've got to say. Uh, um, plastic all, fantastic. It's all that uh, Scientology and sleeping in hyperbaric chambers with young virgin <laughs> blood circulating around it. But I the movie itself- Hey, don't knock it till you try it. The, the, the movie itself- <laughs> I'm actually 900 years old. Tells- Okay, Philip Rudd. We, it does tell an interesting Yoda. story that- Sorry? Yoda, 900? Yeah. It does tell an interesting story that's pretty close to if you if you forward sorry if you if you think about what the future's like that a hold and you follow it down a certain path in terms of artificial intelligence and IT and where we are in the world at the moment with data and digital infrastructure. Yeah, they did a bang up job of describing what bad might come in the very near future, and it's very realistic. But this is also. Part one of the end of the Mission Impossible series. Oh, yeah, right? there's one more movie and then they're yeah. wrapping it. They, they yeah. actually are, yeah. yeah. But this like, is- I hope, this, I hope they stick to it because I fucking hate when people say that and then they turn yeah. around and go, ah, oh, here we go, we got one more. But this tells a story of a sentient, self-aware computer virus. And I know it's not the first time we've seen that kind of story, but it, it tells dub, it in dub, a- Dub, 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 <laughs> dub, dub. But dub. it tells it very much- No, but that's the thing. No, more like Think Hackers, the old school movie- Ah, um, uh, yeah, okay. It tells in a 2023 realistic lens. We are talking about chat GPT everywhere. I like mm. this is the world that we're starting the movie into. Yeah. And what would a self-aware computer virus be capable of doing? Well, how about picking an avatar and then deleting him from all footage in real time? So you can walk through an airport security camera and be completely invisible. That so it's actually kind of interesting in that sense. Mm. Anyway. Uh and 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 Gen V. Before Sorry. we move on, I need yep. to address the the Philip Rudd comment. You mean Paul Rudd? I did mean Paul Rudd. <laughs> I, I did more. Was I was gonna again. It's I been a long day. <laughs> I've really struggled. Sorry. No, no, that's, that's my bad. You get yeah, you that's get true. Initials, I do do it. You <laughs> either get the first name and the second name first initial right, or you get the first initial and the, and the, the second <laughs> name right. Because let's be honest, <laughs> Philip Rudd looks like a walking corpse. So. <laughs> And also, my brain is scrambled eggs. Yeah. Just remember those old those old ads. This is your brain. This is your brain on brain drugs. On drugs. I never took drugs, but I still ended up there. So they were wrong. Um, Gen V. I think that's as- a fucking lie. But anyway, 
I've have I've t- <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> Gen V um, as a continuation of the boys. Yep. But set in a uni campus is exactly as fucked up as you think it should be. Oh no. It's oh, so much fun. Yeah. It's no, actually- I do want to check it out, but it's just it's one of those things that's so fucked up that you just have to do that in little bits. I can't I can't do too much of it. Like it Oh, yeah. I fucking love it. And I yeah. in fact this this season with the super ultra violence and gore shit that you wouldn't you probably wouldn't get away with putting on TV. They kind of gotten past that point now where the boys pushed it right up to the edge where it's got an R rating. It can't go any further. If they put yeah. too much more gore in, they're not going to get it on TV. And they found a loophole. So there's some scenes where the crazy guy that puts his fist through people's assholes and up through their mouths and then starts talking to himself. That's not an actual example, but it's pretty close to the well, the level. Thank God. They turn them into Muppets. So there's this whole fight scene where the Muppet is tearing apart other Muppets and all the gore is Muppet glitter. It's actually really well thought out. And that's it from me. Over to you. Talk to uh, me, Dan. Talk to me. I'm going to talk to you. Uh, Aussie horror film. Talk to me. It was on my radar when it came out in the cinemas. Mm. I should have gone and seen it in cinemas. It's a fucking great Aussie horror movie. It's set in... Actually, I don't think they say where it's set, but I think it's, it was filmed in South Australia. Uh, it's got a all Aussie cast. Uh, Miranda Otto plays the mum mm. of uh, one of the... Like, two of the kids that are in the movie, and yep. she plays the best... Ocker Aussie mum that has ever been put to film. She swears and the comments too right, Dan. Yeah, the shit like that. Like <laughs> it's it's like the shit that comes out of her mouth when she's when she's talking to her daughter's boyfriend and things like mm. that. She just it's just classic. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even say the line because it made me absolutely kill myself laughing when she did it. It's it's just I, it, I didn't even know she was Aussie. Yeah, bro. She's the, the she's the beautiful, beautiful redhead in Return of the King. Yeah, Aowen. She plays Aowen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's talk to blonde. me. It's a it's about a Red, group of kids, uh, high school aged, sixteen uh, ish, seventeen ish, so eleven year eleven, twelve in in our in our high school system. They one of uh, two of the two of the guys have this. Uh, this looks like a plaster hand that's. Holding it at hand out like that. Actually, mm. it's a it's a left hand, um, and they they have these parties where people go to. They get a this is the one that I I brought. It was to on trailer, trailer trash, trash yeah, and you yeah. guys yeah. said that it didn't look great because it was. And we, no, we ripped. I think I think we all said it looked all right. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, we go to the video judge in the edit. Yep, I'll watch it. Me and Louise will watch it. Sure. <laughs> When I look at this Australian film, I'm just like, oh, this just looks like another student film. And, and and that's maybe like an advertising thing on on the Australian film department. Like maybe they need to learn to cut their trailers better to like to grab people more. But it just it didn't grab me in the same way that that because all films all did. the all the so they they bring this hand. I they have they a small dogs. group of parties every night where they have they bring the hand. Uh, somebody gets strapped to a chair. You have to hold the hand and say, "Talk to me." Uh, and a the only the person holding the hand can see a spirit appear, and then they say, "Let me in," and they get a short term possession. Uh, Ninety seconds is the only is the length of time they're allowed to go for, uh, and they have a candle burning at the same time, and they have to uh, 
They yes, have the to... most accurate timekeeper, a candle. No, 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 it's not. No, 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 no. It's the, the candle's not a timekeeper. Somebody's oh, okay. keeping time on their phone and yep. they have to pull the person out. They have to blow the candle out before 90 seconds because that closes the door. Lighting the right. candle opens the door. Blowing the candle out closes the door. And also, that... for, for about 150 to 200 years, it was our only way of measuring time at night, Tom. Yes. So they they had to they, they they, right the ninety right. the ninety second seconds is the limit of this demon possession or spirit possession. Jean Claude uses cigarettes. Oh, shut up and let me finish this. I'm trying to fucking move this along. So shut the fuck up and let me oh, get through this. Oh, you can fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've yeah, lost my train of thought now. Things, there's some there's some sort of spiritual hand job things, going on. Things go awry, and it's 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 an excellent movie. It's brilliantly acted. It's really well written. It looks I think really that should good. be that should be the plot movement for every horror film. Things go awry. Things go awry. It's always things go awry. No, that's it's always so things good, go yeah. awry. It's the tagline. Uh, yeah. yeah, things go awry on this one too. Yeah. Uh, it, it's 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 meant to be an allegory for drug usage within teens, uh, right, and I can okay. completely see this the way they they approach it in the movie, and it's it's great. I think it's 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 a fantastic movie, and like I said, really well acted. They've left it open for a sequel. I think they've been greenlit for a sequel. I don't think it needs one. I think it should mm. be one of those one and done movies, but. The- Just rely on the fact that Australia has no budget to make movies and they'll probably shit Canada at some point anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an A24. Uh, that's the studio that's producing it that did X and Pearl and a couple of others. Yeah. And so I think they've sat outside the writer's strike or something like that. There's something to do with in- them and the strikes. They're an and- American independent entertainment company, so they probably aren't. They don't require the film actors. Guild membership. It's not film actors guild. I've got to stop saying that. That all comes from world police. Um, I know, because it, but it makes me sound so fucking backward. Um, You're they probably the film actors guild. <laughs> or facts, for sure. Um, but they probably, probably don't subscribe to all that sort of stuff. So they yeah. don't need the PGA if you're going to be the, the people that, the casting director and all the rest of it. Yeah, the maybe. Pro- problem is you're fucking pariahs apparently in Hollywood. If you're not, if you're not in those guilds, you don't get work. I mean, but A twenty four has been doing really well on its own, so I don't think they're mm. not really concerned about it. They've done some really good movies. Uh, so go and watch. Talk to me. Good Australian mm. film. Mm. Really, really fantastic. Will will translate anywhere around the world. You might not get all the jokes and all the language because there's a lot of Aussie slang in it. And if you're not from Australia. Uh, but it's it's a fantastic film, and it, it's well it's well up there with uh, all the horror movies out there of recent times. Yeah, uh, cool. And Pearl is the second movie that I've got on there. It's the sequel, sequel but prequel to X. Uh, it tells the story of the lady that uh, runs the farm during X. I'm not going to go into it anymore. It was a bit of a letdown. Uh, it's got uh, the same actor as X. Mm. It was fine. We, me and Louise, got all through through the whole thing. Um, it was fine. It it there was there was bits that really related to X, and then there was a whole bunch of stuff that didn't. And I was really waiting for the film to go somewhere, and it never actually really went anywhere. Um, you mm-hmm. knew where it was going from the very beginning, and I thought there'd be a twist on it somewhere, but there wasn't. It sort of just played out the same way. She's really great in it. Um, she does this whole table scene that goes for probably five minutes, and it's mm-hmm. just the camera on her, and she goes through a range of emotions, uh, telling her life story. 
uh, and that I think that's worth just YouTubing on its own. Uh, yeah, she's, right. she's excellent. So I'll leave it at that. I don't know her name. I don't know the director. I don't know anything. Sorry. Cool. Well, that was informative. Um, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. Oh, we're such sarcastic bastards. Yeah, pricks, aren't we? I'm going to quickly talk about the creator. Um, the yeah, AI without spoilers, motherfucker. Yes, yes, no yes, spoilers. No, no spoilers. Um, cool. Uh, it's it's fine. It's good. It's <laughs> fuck. Damn it. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Gareth Edwards obviously is the director behind that. Who did Rogue One? Uh, who did Godzilla? What else has he done? Uh, I think we said it looked like Terminator meets um, uh, what's it called? Sec- not Section Eleven. What's the South African before Chappie? District Nine. District Nine. Thank you. It's it's Thank you. Ro- it's, ro- it's Rogue One meets District Nine. Mm. Okay. Yeah. The, okay. the, 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 the robots yeah. in it, uh, well, sorry, from I'll a design, a design perspective, um, the, the, the robots in it are definitely that District 9 kind of feel of, um, of Android, let's mm-hmm. use that term. Um, the, the AI people, we can do that. Um, they, they are very cool, very cool designs. Um, uh, didn't use Ken Watanabe enough. That's, that's my big mm. complaint because I really like him mm. as an actor. Um, the main guy in it, uh, uh, John Washington, mm-hmm. um, was incredible. Uh, he was definitely like a standout, standout part of that film. Just the way he went through the emotional range he went through was, was brilliant. Um, it was, it was very good to watch. Um, but I went and saw it with my mate Luke and we walked out and literally one of the first things we said was, well, it's nice that Gareth Edwards used all those, um, those uh, cutting room floor things from Rogue One, like uh, <laughs> <to> <laughs> this. running like, across the beach, and yeah. there was a yeah. bit of running across the beach. There, yeah. uh, the the orbital platform that is a major oh, part yeah. of the story uh, looks like the gate above Scarif. Um, I was just waiting for uh, the blue leader to come in with his glorious, glorious red stash that he had and uh, and shoot it down, but um, he didn't. He never appeared, unfortunately. Um, yeah, really cool, really cool. Um, Worth seeing, and and as Ben said, it didn't reinvent the the AI kind of story, but it was mm. a it was a really good retelling of it. Cool. Um, very similar, very similar thing. So yes, it's I think it's still in cinemas if um if you can get to one to see it. But otherwise, um, fuck you, Villeneuve. Watch it on your home theater system in the comfort of your own home with your feet up and uh, a delicious beer in hand. That's my <laughs> review for that. Um, and then lastly for me, um, only murders in the building. So season three wrapped up. It's um. I just, I just always love a bit of um, uh, fuck. I just literally. I've never even heard of this. What is only murderers in the building? Uh, it's a star, which is the Fox side of Disney. Yep. Um, it is fucking Martin Short and Steve, um, Steve Martin. Wow, the fact that I forgot those two people's names. Selena um, Gomez, Jesse and Selena Williams, Gomez. Meryl Streep. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're they're all in it. No, so Delevingne. De- De- What's yeah, Delevingne? Delevingne. Delevingne. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's the third, third, third series um, of this. It's yeah. uh, it's obviously it's Steve Martin and Martin Short are the old dudes, and Selena Gomez brings the youth into it. Um, just great chemistry between the three of them. Um, you can tell that obviously Steve Martin and Martin Short have been working together for so many fucking years that they've naturally got it. So, but to bring Selena Gomez in and like. She bounces off them. She definitely, the third season is the weakest. The first two were really good, really enjoyed them. Um, it just seemed like 
Selena was dialing it in in the third one. Um, they were still so full of, yeah, they, they, they were still so full of energy and she just, something, Emma and I both said it, it's just like something felt off. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun little, you know, detective series. It's, it's, it forms around, um, there's always a murder in their building and they run their own podcast, they do their own internal investigation kind of around that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just fun. It's very light, light entertainment TV. Um, Short episodes. Uh, they're thirty to forty Indy, minutes. Indy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're 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 so easy watching that you you really feel like you breeze through them. Um, mm. so yeah, it's definitely one of those ones that we we would love to watch. That Emma and I would watch it while we had dinner. It's just that was a nice nice easy over dinner kind of thing. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. Again, doesn't doesn't break ground. Uh, they try and throw a spanner in the works. Uh, every series with is the you know the who done it story, but pretty obvious for most of them like you can figure it out pretty quickly everyone's just like you know gets the last episode and it's like oh this is who did it and you're just like yeah mm. yeah that makes sense yeah okay cool i i'm gonna watch it i what's it on it's fun uh it's on disney plus okay. um so oh. get in before you cancel yeah um i i've got an annual subscription so i need to figure out exactly when it will take effect but i'm definitely canceling um yeah i look i've got to admit i've never actually seen selena gomez in anything other than snl skits i think mm. I think it's SNL skits, and then yeah. you know the, all the bullshit with Justin Bieber. So I've never actually seen her in anything. No, no, and that's, I think this is the first thing I've actually seen her act in that mm. I've actually watched. Um, but I love Steve Martin and Martin Short. Oh, like, those two together are just—they're just hilarious. Um, yeah. Steve Martin does get his banjo out, and he is excellent <laughs> on his banjo. He's actually got some pretty good albums. If you ever want to listen, Steve Martin's banjo albums are very good. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's a professional banjo player. <laughs> Fuck. Cool. Yeah. I think on that note, we're going to take a quick break. I think that's we're way over. Hey, and we're back. God, I hate myself when I say that. What are we drinking? Beer's number three. I'm Beer's drinking the brown three. ale. Oh, nice. I heard that was pretty good. It's good. It's good. I like it. Uh, shit. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure I would call it. <laughs> I would not call it an Indian brown ale, but uh, it's good. This is the Molly Rose Brewing Company. Why not a brown ale that Pete had earlier? Six point five percent. It's got that real biscuity, malty character that should a real nice savory uh, aspect to it. It's got a little bit of sweetness there, a little bit of sort of caramel toffee malt flavors coming through as well. I'm not getting a huge hop hit. For it to be called an Indian brown, but it's very nice and very Moorish and just what I wanted now. I quickly ate something during the break, so this is kind of a, a pleasant little uh, return to the podcast dessert. Hmm. Out of five? Mm. It looks darker on your three, screen. Than three, seven, five. Hmm. There we go. What cool. are you drinking, Pete? Do you mind? Do you mind coming back to me? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, I'm drinking uh, the Dark Harp from One Drop. It is a black IPA. Um, here we go. It's a lovely little can. Uh, from who? One, one Drop. One Drop. Sorry. Yep. No, no, no. I did rush. I might back. be going deaf. I don't know. You may have said it. What? What? Uh, classic granddad joke. Uh, they say on the back that they have used uh, Amarillo, Simcoe, and Citra hops in this. It pours deliciously dark. It is nice and dank. Nice. 
it is a as you would expect from one drop it is a, a very well crafted um ipa um that is something that they do do rather well when they're not chucking um the entire world's uh fruit content into a beer um yeah i said it or half a kilo of i said it <laughs> uh nice little story on the back which i'm not going to read because it's mostly bullshit um it's just them waffing on about how people drink ipas and in the cold months they drink black ipas i think which- we should have a whole episode where we're just randomly aggressive over nothing that deserves being aggressive <laughs> about pretty sure that's me every episode um yeah look Winter isn't the time for black IPAs. Every time is the time for black IPAs. And most breweries are cowards and won't make them in summer. So, you know what? Throwing down the gauntlet. Do it. Black rye IPA. Pete's, Pete's, Pete's uh, taking it up a notch. That's my next. That's my final beer. That's not the one I'm trying now. Um, yes. Listen, you coward dog breweries. Make more black IPAs. <laughs> See, Tom, you're the only. You're the only. It's only in the context no, of this podcast. I'm just podcast, the most vocal, vocal person. It's only in the context it. of the podcast. I'm going to say this, but you're the only person who talks, and I hear the c word on the tip of your tongue like 50 times a sentence. Oh, it lives. I there. Could just. It I could always yeah. tell when you want to say yeah. it. But oh, not. it was that. It yeah. was right there, wasn't it? No, I know yeah. it was. Mm. Yeah, but I don't want to add a little edit note for you. So I was being very Thank nice. You. Out of five? Um, I'm I'm going to give that a uh, a four. That is very good. Um, it could be a little danker. Could be a little danker. Um, what was I, the ABV? Sorry. Uh, oh, I didn't say that. It was six point seven percent. My apologies. I'd tell you when the best before is, but they've somehow printed it on the rim, uh, and so it's I can't. Nothing worse it. than a rim job. There's plenty of things worse than a rim job. Um, let me tell you. Uh, can I read it? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, see, I, I, throw, I throw that shit out there just to see the responses. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I will never like, expose like my own water, opinion. Like water off a duck's back for me, you know, I'm used to them. Uh, All the way down the crack. Oh, yeah, that's where the tongue goes. 8th of the 9th, 24 is the best before date. It's on that one. I, no my one parents asked. listen to this podcast sometimes. I well, really you should. Well, you know, <laughs> should keep your rusty trombones to yourself. <laughs> I used to play the trombone. We, Why we does that not out. surprise me? <laughs> I wanted to be Lanky Kong from Donkey Kong sixty four. I don't. I don't think anything you ever tell me, Tom, ever surprises me anymore. <laughs> like yep. totally, yeah, it tracks. Yep. That's that, that's that's that's. I've about lived right. many lives. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm actually. I'm really glad that I looked this up. My so my beer is really vexing me because. So I'm drinking uh, Five Barrel Brewing, which we, I don't think we've ever had on the podcast. Maybe once. We have. We have. Yeah. I did the Red Eyes game. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this is Possum Paradise, which is a white IPA at 6%. And Ooh, a white IPA. Yeah. So I went from white IPA to black rye IPA. That's kind of my my progression for the second half of this, this episode. It's given into the darkness. International Brewing Mates collaborating along the Pacific Rim the, that Good word job. again. Our, our breweries are both on the on the east coast of our countries, Wollongong, mm-hmm. Australia, and Mangaway, New Zealand. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Uh, Oceana's trees are home to the infamous possum, protected and loved in Australia, thriving, destructive, and hated in New Zealand. East Coast White, a white IPA using hefeweizen yeast to exude a creamy banana character across a fruit salad hop base of mm-hmm. Galaxy, Vic Secret, and Motowaker. Um, what? I hope white IPAs aren't making a comeback because I remember when they used to be quite popular. Yeah, and, very popular. Um, let's just say that period of history should be wiped from the records. 
But a good a good one's not bad. They're all. Shit. I don't get a lot no, of banana restaurants. You, like uh, you know, I don't like hefeweizens. Why would I yeah. like an IPA version? No, they, of one? they weren't always made with hefeweizen yeast, but or wheat beer yeast. But anyway, sorry, I don't know. I, I, I no, don't be. I, I'm really struggling okay. to kind of characterize this beer because there's they talk about banana. I get there's no ester in it at all. It's just it's it's not bad. It's just a sharp. I it's a sharp IPA. It's got a very low bitterness level. There's a little bit of residual sweetness to it. Um, fuck you, Dan. Uh, and it's funny because it says- I, 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 I in, in, inhaled deeply at that point too. I was like, oh, here he goes. <laughs> well, I was on mute, so it was all good. <laughs> I could tell from the facial expression. Um, it, it's funny because on the can it says, hot base of Galaxy, Vic Secret, and Motowaker. And then on Untapped, they've put Enigma, Vic Secret, and Motowaker. Um, Motowaker. Mochuaka. Yes. So then um, Galaxy is an enigma. The riddle is figuring out which <laughs> uh, which brew it was. Why did I say that? I just I should have I should have known. Uh, yeah. It does say uh, malt, Vienna malt, lager, malted wheat, and malted oats. Um, appearance. God, there's a whole tro- flavor profile is where I've got the problem. Tropical fruit with banana, citrus, and white grapes. I can see the white grapes. Funnily enough. There is no banana in this at all that I can detect. So it might just be my palate. But it's not bad. It's just, to me, it's just another IPA. If you didn't tell me it was a white IPA, I wouldn't have known. Mm. Hold, hold it up again. I just can't quite see it. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's the color of a Nipa, really. It's, yeah. it's, there's some haze protein in here, but not, not thick. I, I would have believed you if you told me it was just an IPA. Yeah, yeah right. I think it's the it's I think it's the malted wheat because it is listed as a wheat slash white IPA. Mm. Yep. Hmm. So, so Trailers. brewers, no, no, it tracks. Um, what is a white IPA, IPA compared to just a standard IPA? Um, the ones I've made previously have had higher wheat content, uh, and then in the early days they went a bit like... Uh, uh, more Belgian-y. Duvel, yeah. yeah. Duvel and Hogarden. Hogarden. A, Hogarden. a hoppy a hoppy Hogarden yeah, okay. uh, is kind of what you would be looking at. So, so something, something like with- uh, That's the name of my retirement village. <laughs> 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 oh, can we make that uh, the fucking podcast title? The, the hoppy, the hoppy ho <laughs> garden. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a hyphen there. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Um, I, yeah, okay. That that actually tracks a little better, Hoppy Ho mm. Garden. Um, Put a slice but, of orange in it, see what does it to it, you know. But I, I'd expect it to be a little <laughs> bit lighter. And, like, when I say lighter, I don't mean colour. I mean kind of mm. in the body. I'd expect it to be a little bit thinner because Ho Garden's a, almost a Pilsner lager. It's it's clean. It's clean is I'm where I'm dirty, going. It's dirty in Belgian. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty. Yes. Anyway, I'm going to give a little, it a, three a, little, a, little a little blue moon. Yeah, this slice of orange in it. Blue moon. Fuck me. That's a dirty word. I know. I- <laughs> That's a dirty, dirty word. Mm. Fucking Hogarden is to Hogarden and du- you turn your nose up at Hogarden and Duvel. Bigger, a little bit of blue moon. Fuck me. I wasn't saying yeah. it in a nice way. <laughs> okay. Good. I'm just going to call it Hoppy Hogarden. 
anyway, we're going to move on. I, I'm going to give it a three seven five. I, I because I've got it's it's causing me <laughs> some some weird personality defect. I'm sure that's not how you spell Hogarden, but anyway. no, I did that on purpose. <laughs> um, before we dive into the trailer trash, trailer uh, trash, I did leave off my in depth review. Uh, do you want me to do it now or post trailer trash? I was going to do the forespoken review. And about where do you want me to do it, Peter? That's- is take next episode an answer that you'll accept? No, take take <laughs> out fucking with take, it. Fucking take, with take out take out trailer trash. Just let let no. Let no Tom- I, th- I think this will be. I think this will be. A, I'm a, down with a, that. Ten minutes. I think this will be ten minutes. Yeah, Max. I think this. Yeah, do it. I think we still do, do it. it. Do it now. All right. I I was gonna save this for Are You Winning, Son? Um, but it doesn't deserve to be in that hallowed hall. Um, I recently finished Forspoken. Uh, I Ed and I. Both played this. It's a Square Enix game. It was originally called Project Athia um, when it was first released. Uh, the trailer was released along with the initial PS5 um, showcase, one of the initial PS5 showcases. Um, so it's a game by Square Enix and another studio because they sent me some fucking platinum email um, and I literally wanted to uh, vomit on myself again for having to rethink about the game. Uh, so the the studio was Square Enix and Luminous Productions. Um, my total, and just for stats, my total playtime was 58 hours. 58 hours I spent in this game. 58 hours of my kind of, of hating yourself. Um, let's be honest. Uh, so the, the, the crux of the game is that you play as a girl, Frey. Uh, you have this magical wristband called Cuff um, because, you know, uh, Inventive much? Well, he likes to call himself Vambrace. She calls him Cuff because she's edgy. Uh, or uneducated. Fucking tell me that's not like a the, real the thing in the game. No, that's actual thing. That's a, that's a conversation they have in the game. He's like, what do you think of the name Vambrace? And she goes, no, I'm going to call you Cuff. How long has he been intelligent for? An intelligent bracelet? Probably uh, like a couple of million years or something. He is a ageless, uh, yeah, demon, so ancient, ancient, yeah. ancient demon, essentially. So he's he's more educated than she is, and Van Brace yeah. is a pretty specific armor. And, and decided, and so decided it's literally, to- it's literally, it's a it's a curled curled piece of metal around her arm, which would literally be called a fucking Van Brace or a bracer. Uh, it's more more like a bracelet in in it looks like a almost like a snake cord around her arm. So there are gaps in it. So I wouldn't say it's like a Van Brace when you think of. Uh, I think of Aragorn putting on so, so Boromir's fan braces. I can almost the- get without doing any 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 research. I'm, mm. I'm just going out on a limb here and making shit up on the spot, which I have a tendency to do. No, I would almost say that bracelet would be a derivative term of bracer as a concept, and certainly, oh, probably. Yeah, 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 as as the bracer, which was like a cuff of armor that would be you know four inches long or something, would slowly get smaller and smaller, and you end up with a bracelet. It just ends up being like. Like the swords went from being so swords went rapiers went from being a, like a part, the swords. I want you to start like, yeah. more sentences that way. <laughs> rapiers went from being a weapon to defend oneself and to defend one's honor to mm. becoming almost the elite snobs. The gentlefolk would would carry them, and they would be more and more adorned by jewels and be less and less useful yeah. in actual combat. Yeah. Anyway. This is how we end up with four-hour episodes. I keep complaining. We're getting bogged down fault. on a technicality no, on uh, on on a curled serpent uh, piece of metal around this fake character's arm. 
Um, anyway, this thing is sentient. It talks to you, um, and that was the first initial problem. Uh, and I talked about this ages ago. It's just the the unnecessary level of talking. So I I stopped playing Forspoken after the first twenty hours. Hmm. Um, I got through a bit of it. I got a bit bored with it. Something some other game came up that I was more interested in. I jumped back into that. Um, I wanted to. I was finished Skyrim. I um, uh, played my little. Uh, Demolition Derby game, which was stupid and fun. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I've got a week and a half. I reckon I can smash out the last bit of Forspoken. Um, I'm going to go back into it. And they had done an update where they gave you the ability to reduce the time uh, that Cuff, I'm just going to call him Cuff, Cuff and Frey spoke to each other as you were running about the world. Because um, it was a pretty loud complaint on the internet. It was. So in the five minutes that I first booted up the game. I booted it back up, put the disc back in, jumped into it, restarted, uh, ran, let's say the equivalent of a hundred meters. And the two fuckers spoke to each other like five times, five times a hundred meters. It was, it was like nittering banter that just wouldn't stop. And the problem with it was no matter where you were in the story, the banter didn't change. So there were, oh, there's a certain, so, and this okay, is the so bit that's really shit. Part of the story, no, like. it just it repeated the same fucking cheap. same things. The one that really got me was you discovered these, um, ironically, these you challenge, 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 challenge monuments, and, and and it's like no matter how far through the mission you were or the the main story, every time you initiated one, it would go, "What is this? I don't know." Well, just be careful. And that was like the base, the crux of the conversation happened every time. But this was after I've done 17 of these. I have to do 20 for a trophy. It's like you'd think the game would be, oh, here we go again. We're going to go back in time and do this this mission thing. And it was just sounds like, like almost like Harry Potter. I think we talked. Oh about yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 Merlin trials. Yeah, yeah. Or the very or much the, so. or, or the flu the flu lady. The flu lady. Always yeah, yeah, saying yeah, the yeah. same shit mm. every time you go through. Yep. That said, though, once I turned the had the ability to turn the um, conversation down to minimal, and then I think maybe once every half hour they had a little interaction that wouldn't be like combat based, you know, because he'd jump in and say, "Heal yourself," and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm low on health. I'll heal myself. That makes sense." Um, turning that down made the game ten times more enjoyable um, because this is the thing. This is the, the, the thing that shit me off the most about the whole game. The size of the map. You both played Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. You know how big a map that is. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know how much bigger, bigger this map was? It's not. Yeah. 1.3 times the size of the Red Dead Redemption 2 map. It is two. <laughs> it is two and, two and a half times bigger than the Skyrim map. Oh, wow. I'd play Skyrim two and a half more times than I would to play mm. that game again. <laughs> yeah, you do new game plus. And it is, it is a times. sparse, sparse land. There's nothing so, except so, some so rocks. So they fucked up that time between. Um, what, what did well, we no, call getting, it? Getting, we did from that mission, getting from mission to mission, the amount of time you had to spend actually traveling. And like it, the fast travel was far. So we talked about this. There's a there's a measurement um in in video games called like time between waypoints or time between instances, um, POIs, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um and 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 Witcher had the magic number basically. Yeah, and, and we we talked about it in the context of uh 
of Harry Potter, actually. And it just sounds like this one is on the very, very low end of the spectrum. Why the fuck it needed to be that fucking big, I'll never understand, because <laughs> half of it was just nothing. It was literally just flat grassland. Like, it wasn't even an exciting landscape. There were things in the background which made it kind of like if you focused on them, they were nice to, like, run past and thing. But the amount of time it took you to get from point to point to do X or Y was just too big to the point where it actually became a chore to finish this fucking game because wow. I spent too long. And we talked about, obviously, like, fast travel is good in some games, but fast travel mm. actually detriments I fast traveled like um, like the motherfucker. Like the I had to use fast travel because otherwise it would take me too long, just yeah, doing nothing, just running from point to point, and then have um, to listen to it all on the way. So can yeah. I can I kind of take it in a potentially take it in a different direction and just ask you a open question? Go open for question. It. There was a criticism leveled at this game very early on that it was woke garbage. I don't know anything at all about the game, so this is a, this is why I'm saying this is a genuine question. Mm. Do you agree? No, no. It was just a really badly fucking written game. Okay, cool. In terms of the story content. Yep. Um, there's a moment where your character has a fight with one of the main side characters, but two seconds later you can go and complete a like side mission with them. And okay, it, but, it's, it's not, but it's not heavy-handedly pushing... Minorities into the the no, limelight no, as it was, part of the it, story. It was, it was, it was a cl- almost more a classic tale of the the matriarchal society run by like witches. Um, they went to war with another country, and the oh fuck that no one's going to play this game because it's fucking dumb. Um, full yes, spoilers. Spoiler. So the the cuff the cuff turns out to be the this demon from the opposing land, yeah. and it's literally using you to gain its power back. That right. these four magical witches of. Let me remind you as well: the four witches are just the elements. There's the rock one, the fire mm. one, the water one, and the um, electricity one. Wow. So yeah, um, at least and then the other electricity. That's new. That's different. Yeah. yeah, but essentially that's like you know the four elements of gameplay yeah. now. Um, but yeah, so they, they and so that was whole thing. And then you you end up at the end of the game. So you, there has to be an end game for for like mm. post post the last mission. Um, the last mission, the boss was also one of the easiest fights the whole time. There were like small little offside missions that were ten times harder than fighting the big, big bad in the end. <laughs> um, and uh, then at the end, you again trap the. You don't kill the demon for some ungodly known reason, but you trap him in a tattoo version on your arm, and then he he makes it out like you're sworn enemies. So there's like a lot of like. I imagine for anyone who had a vested interest in this game, you would have been like, this is quite an emotional turn point where they turn on each other because you've been pals up to this. He betrays you, whatever, that kind of thing. Um, But then you trap him and he just acts like you were before the final mission. Mm. He's just a little little quippy occasionally. He makes a few more comments about how, um, well, this Mm, sucks, so I have to keep doing this. That's just fucking so poorly, So So poorly written. So it's not woke. It's just casually racist internet people talking about the fact that she was it was a she and black because that's the only they they, they, they seem to be the two extremes and her acting was well that's the whole thing what we talked about before it wasn't necessarily her acting but it was the bad writing the bad script yeah um obviously the direction behind it because they would have done full body um capture for it okay yeah yeah um that's the other thing so obviously this game is built around and the whole thing was like yeah it's a it's a free-running parkour style 
traversal mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, the controls are fucking sloppier than mm. a. Yeah, you talked about. I was going to go very graphic there, and I think I might stop yeah, myself. Yeah, uh, I think you should. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the sloppiest thing. No, it's um, a jaffle. It's a it's a bolognese jaffle. Oh, it's it's a bolognese jaffle coming out the other end. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, <laughs> anytime they want you to move, use that mo- like movement in a fight, if you're close enough to an enemy and you try and do like one of your like moves to it, for some reason went nah, fuck it. You got to do your close up attack move, and I was like. That's not what I was trying to do. Like I was trying to hit a ranged enemy and then I'm I've fallen off the map now. Like it was just it was so clunky. Trying to climb was one of the most frustrating things on the planet. So it's just um, a poorly written fucking game top to tail by the sound of it. The worst thing it on looks, top of that. It looked okay in it the looked very, beautiful. very it, early. There, there were some very nice set pieces in it that you got to run through, but also the worst part about it was, and this is a thing I have against Square Enix. And listen here, Square Enix, you fucking dumb idiots. You can see the C word forming on that one. Um, stop making your enemies bullet sponges. It is not a way to hide bad gameplay. It is not. It just makes it 10 times more frustrating that I have to fire into the same character when I'm level one the amount of times I have to do it when I'm level fucking 50. It is not smart. It is not clever. It is actually just lazy fucking programming. And you should do better because you are a worldwide renowned fucking game studio. And I'm sick of it because you do it in every single game. The amount of times I played in a Final Fantasy game where I'm level one and I'm level 50 and I fight the same fucking enemy. And no matter what my build is, I'm still taking 10 hours to kill some fucking wolf that's walked in off the street. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's bad. And you're fucked. (laughs) Mic drop without dropping mic. It's on a stand, so I can't yeah. drop it. Um, yeah. But I'm yeah, glad you can't, to be honest. No. Anyway, okay. moving on from Forspoken. It was a, a, sorry, Tom. I, I, I think this is the, I think you mentioned it before, the perfect, just roll into the spotlight because it's about companions and bits and pieces. So, Is there yeah. anything in the trailer trash that we would encourage people to watch the trailer for? Oh, maybe we'll come back to trailer trash. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can flick it at the end of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Um. You guys got. I need to cool down. So, so, uh, so yeah. Please in, in, introduce our spotlight because I never. Well, I didn't get the memo. Well, I I actually me- want to read memo? Tom's de- Tom, Tom's description of it Finding because uh, Tom's description of it was very good. Mine was just like, "Hey, let's talk about companions in video games." <laughs> uh, and I, I wasn't even reading either. I of was your actually chat, pretty so proud of that. I I, I, oh, I, I was. I'm, yeah. I'm ad libbing this shit tonight. Just saying, I, I'm, I'm phoning it in. You've, you'll definitely have opinions mm. here. So uh, Tom's, Tom's description about of, was uh, companions in video games and whether they are improving or a detriment to the gameplay experience okay. or the playing experience. And obviously everything Tom just spoke about there, the cuff and the banter and the continuous pointless banter and not the, the evolution of the banter mm-hmm. is what was detrimental to the gameplay there. And- We'll let Tom have a breather so he can no, come I'm right, talk. I'm right in this now. Let's okay. go. Well, do you <laughs> want to go? I'm well, in the zone. So I just yeah. think back to why Why do we need games now to have a companion? Like I'm playing Spider-Man 2 at the moment. It's fantastic. Mm. It's amazing. I'm loving every second of it. But um, uh, I don't need – I understand for like there are some points of it where it's world building where I'm swinging along and he calls MJ or he calls mm. Miles. You did it in the first two games. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like that's fine, but it's just like 
do I need that in a game? Like I think back to the the obviously the crux of my and the highlight of my gaming history is always going to be Ocarina of Time. Link was fucking silent as the grave. He had interactions with people, but he didn't have to. You were running through the lands of Hyrule. You didn't need someone talking to you the whole time. You just got on with your job and got it done. I actually wonder whether this is a completely separate uh, com- up, up late conversation about the the differences and the uh, the the potential benefits of sole single player character experiences versus group party experiences. Uh, okay, I can. In should, terms should of we- actual people versus in no, in games. In in game, in game, in the context in of this game. conversation, having a party. Yeah, you're, you're, you're talking BG three versus like maybe an army of two single player versus or or just a complete so, solo so game. BG three peak is talking about as Baldur's Gate, uh, but or I will get com- to that. Com- companions, <laughs> companions in general, the gameplay with a companion, good or bad, uh, versus mm-hmm. a non-companion gameplay game. with a team. No gameplay on their own. Like, but what's the, the, uh, I, I think very, it could be a, th- a, three, a three, three layer thing where you've got yeah. solo okay. we'll, solo we'll character let's, versus let's cover it all so, character yeah. with a companion and then character yeah. with a team. Because companion I, I, and team I, are a different thing. It's a really abstract conversation because it really comes down to how the game has implemented your companion and for what purpose. Yes. So, it, you know, you, you're talking about um, the bracelet, vanguard, bracer, whatever. Um, it, sounds it is also the source of how you fire your magic, if, if that adds some context to it. Sure, but but is it a protagonist? Does it propel the story forward? Is it a plot device? Because if you look at, like, the it, ghost it was from meant Destiny. To be. It was meant to be, and then the end game negated it. Right. That right. was the thing that pissed me off, yeah. So you've got the ghost from Destiny, which is very much the the- the the plot device to explain the world going on around you. Mm-hmm. I don't, Dan, you never played Destiny, did you? No, actually, I you lucky I, knew, bastard. I, I knew about the ghost, uh, so I was going to because bring of it the up, Peter Dinklage replacement. Yeah, because yeah. that's exactly, and I knew that was. I've still the, got my Peter Dinklage the ghost companion the, within that um, behind me. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was in important series. in cutscenes, but it didn't really factor that much. It was also. In it was. It was for a gameplay tutorial. Well, but for your for you, for a gameplay perspective, it was your resus. It was your resuscitation device. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. it was. Oh, your your yeah respawn for everyone yeah. else. Your res device, but but by and large, it was a tutorial story driver. But once mm. the cutscenes were over, it really didn't factor into gameplay. On and on, like as a, it wouldn't as affect a, your ability to shoot the gun. No, you use your power. No, but it but it was a plot device, and that's why I call it a plot device, which yeah. is why I say this is quite an abstract conversation because your bracer might have just been a constant companion as a way of filling dead air as opposed to a plot device that just shrinks or disappears into the background when it's not necessary, like the which ghost. I, which I would have preferred it to be. The fact that it was trying to fill dead air, I think it went too far. And 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 I can see someone wrote down God of War, and I'm I'm yeah. stealing someone else's point. Yeah. So I've there's well, there's several layers to this God of War because we played the first <laughs> four or five games. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I just saw Pete's note. Tom volume goes up. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> it's my editing note. 
God of War has several layers because we we had the first five games, I think there was, where Kratos Mm. was the sole character. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're put in this this modern era where there's a companion with Kratos all the time. Mm -hmm. And it is a plot device. It is scripted Mm -hmm. and it is well written all Mm. the way through. And it pushes and it is is character- well, no, not in the first game. There isn't. There's only one. Mamiya is, is in. Oh, both I guess. Games. Well, okay. And then, he's then, very much an. Yeah, you fucking laddie. He's 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 right he's there. The ghost. <laughs> By yeah. the time you get to the, well, the second the game, there's then three. So he's the dead yeah, air okay. filler is what but he he's, is. But he's, <laughs> so when I say abstract, I mean like it. It really comes down to the developer making a conscious mm. choice or an unconscious choice because they're a poor developer or they poorly developed a specific game. Because yeah. I don't want to rip Square Enix generally. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Mimir doesn't fill a dead air. He he drives a plot and he does, until you, I guess. Until you're you know, in the boat and then you're just. I, I, yeah, I was just I was just thinking about mm-hmm. that. But, it's, but he does, I guess, fill dead air in that space. But at the same time, he expands your sense of belonging to the world that you're playing the he, game he, in. He reads the law so Sui doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah, but it's he, no. I get, what, serves, I get what you're saying. He serves yeah, a purpose he does, he in terms of grounding you in yeah. that world, hmm. and it does. You're, it does. You were talking about a, 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 what's his name? Starts with A. Atreus. Atreus. I was going to say Atreus, but I kept thinking he's not part of Neverending Story. Anyway, carry on. So, but, but the Mimir in both games probably more predominantly in the first game, is mm. filling in those gaps because even the people that have played all of the old games, they're all set in Greek mythology. We yeah, know yeah. that story coming in and you're introducing people into a new mythology that they haven't experienced hundreds of hours of gameplay. So they're wanting to fill this out and it's not, it's not mythological accurate, all of it. There is mm. aspects of it in there that are, but they've, they've they've filled in their own lore, and I think it's a very clever way that they've you've used Mamiya and the boat, and they've they've yeah. cleverly they've very cleverly done things that they go when you beach that boat, he goes, well, that's a tale I'll pick up at another time, and yeah. then you jump back in, and Atreus they, reminds him where he was yeah. up to in the story, which they do and in so the you, Spider-Man games as well. Like if you run through a combat thing when you're on a yeah, phone call with someone, sorry, MJ, picks, I was. Yeah. yeah, what were you just saying? And then it starts. They did that, that in yeah. the first game too. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's to me that's a different kind of plot device to the what you described around around bracelet. Or, or mm. cuff, cuff. I got to stop. <laughs> no, no, and one hundred percent. Because because the thing with cuff is it's literally just it's an insecure not, it's time not, filler as opposed to. But or, it's not. Or it's not adding filler. anything to the story. It's not anything to the, in, the you know, interaction between the characters because. But it's meant to. But it's done in a no. Cheap way. It's. I don't think it was meant to because they did it so badly. Like it could not have. It's not like they just missed the mark. It's it's the fact that halfway through when you have a camaraderie with. Cuff, he still talks to you like such a cheap name. Yeah, but he still talks to you like you're an you're an insolent child sometimes. And then the next time he's just like, oh, "I'm so proud of you. You did that so well." It's just like there's no consistency either. That was the thing. It wasn't like a building of so it's poorly uh, scripted building of a rapport like you have with Mimir and you have with Atreus and you have with um, Freya. It's it's not that. It's literally just 
well, there's so much land to cover. We're going to make this fucking thing just fucking natter at you. And it's like a, it's literally like a fucking mosquito at night just hovering around your head. And I just want to, (laughs) I hate him so much. So another, a a good comparison there, Tom, is the, the game that, I've been playing Shadow of War that was mm. made in 2017, so it's now six years old, and you are partnered up two very stoic characters together yes. with Calabrimbor and Talion mm. in one person, so you are literally in each other's heads, yeah. and there is no natter until it's absolutely relevant. You've got the very uh, Because if you're running and- around doing shit, you don't want someone yeah. saying shit in your ear. That's the thing I think Square Enix entirely missed. I think I think it is, and everything you've described about it, and Ed was talking about as well, sounds like a goddamn fucking nightmare fuel. It's just when you couldn't turn it down, it was, and that's yeah. the whole reason I stopped playing. Was just I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. Like it, it, it took away from the fun of the game. When, and that's the thing. When I turned it off, the game became ten times more enjoyable. And. It it feels that like the things you were saying about uh, Cuff always saying the same things that it it kind of puts you in a static point of view as where mm. Atreus and uh, Mimir's and Freya's comments are always something new and fresh. Even if you're going back and mopping up an area, yeah, with, yeah like, to get bits yeah. and pieces, they're always talking about something new. It it feels like. Or saying, or saying something like, "Holy shit, we couldn't get here before. Why, why are we here now?" Yeah, and yeah. and then that obviously triggers a whole bunch more of clever yeah. scripting beyond yeah. there, where they've, they've they're going, "Okay, well, now that they're past this point, we need to introduce fresh dialogue." And of course, yes, we do get those repeated things in combats of mm. health and watch out behind you, and he's whatever Mimir was saying in the the second God of War, which was overdone combat uh vocalization yeah, yeah. of a of a companion but their their banter outside of that i think was incredibly well s- scripted and I, I i really put the same thing down to shadow of war um and i'd and- probably put it to the um the arkham series as well because you think about it like mm. especially a character like batman who's a lone lone wolf like that, yeah. there's no other way to describe him but like Putting him he is, in, but he isn't. But yeah. he is. He has a team, but he doesn't mm. need to use him if he doesn't want mm. to. Um, and I, you know, there's also the thing around like, should it's been out for long enough? The Arkham Knight, Red Hood, been able to contact him directly to uh, to 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 um, goad him or you know encourage him on to to do some things like that. But, oh, he know, he knows that the the Batman's that was, that got was all, open a, channels a, a, and. Again, that was all that was all story driven, and it added mm. to the experience compared to um, taking away from it. The only the only chatter you really heard when you were f- like gliding around was, you know, some of the funny stuff the criminals would say to each mm. other, like, and those kind of like like conversations going on. It wasn't it wasn't someone literally like just going on your head. And I I, I know that it's been a real shift, and this is what I was kind of getting to with the the topic discussion. Um, in single player games moving to they they feel like you need that companion mm. rather than the silent hero and we've done the silent hero chat before but you know fucking running around as a doomslayer like if no one's talking to me I'm having a good time I'm just demolishing demons like I don't know if I need someone constantly like filling that dead space 
Um, for, yeah. But for years and years and years, this wasn't even a plot device. No. It's only a recent thing. It, 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 it It's not a recent thing in the sense of it's not a new invention, but if it was included in the game 20 years ago, it was because it was a fucking good reason to include it in the game. Yeah. Well, because they had to sacrifice some of the tech to make that happen. These days, it seems they to got be too just much power. It, these days, it just seems to be kind of like shoehorned in, where it's not one hundred percent. Yeah, but then you then you get those those wonderful things like Red Dead Redemption, where it's set in the old west. You have a gang, you have all these yeah. people at your camp, but once you're out in the wild, you're out in the wild. So, and it's so only you. Well, I think Baldur's Gate Three Mass- does Mass- that really well too. Well, I was going to say Dragon Age I and Mass Effect. Really have to pee. Of course Go. you do. But yeah, like the same thing. Like going into a team setting now. Like obviously you're thinking Baldur's Gate Three, where you have a have a team at your disposal. But I'm I'm thinking older games, Mass Effect and 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 Baldur's Gate. You still had two companions with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, Dragon Age was the same. It was it was always a team of four with your main character. And it's kind of like, but they they still had good scripted things. There was a couple of repetition. Uh, Dragon Age Origins was the first one. Then there was two, and then there's um, Inquisition, which I still haven't finished. It haunts me to my, my dying days. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was still that team based thing where it was like, yes, you go out with a team. You have a team, obviously. You've got four people running around. They're not not going to talk to each other. But it was meaningful content that they were saying. They they commented to be like, you know, it was either like guiding you towards like, oh, you should check over there, like somehow more cleverly scripted than that. Or it'd be like, you know, in a combat situation, it'd be like, yeah. Or it'd be like a, a combat thing where it's like dark because I'm throwing a grenade. Like that's yeah. that's good team team banter, which is yeah. But single player games, you don't you don't need someone nattering in your ear the whole time. In a team based setting, sure, they're gonna have natural conversations. I think that's valid. But I don't see why single player experience is really needed anymore. Or needed it ever. Ever. Yeah. If it's a plot device to tell a story, sure, we can let it through. Like that's not yeah. a problem. As no, long as it's course, well yeah. scripted and well written and well executed. And and high on life does a great job of that. The gun interacts with you pretty constantly throughout the game. Mm. But it never, it never nags you. It's never in the way. It's never demands yeah. attention. Which I think is was my fear around high on life mm. was that the Definitely gun was, was yeah, it. which was the gun was going to nag you. But obviously, you yeah, no, anything. yeah, no, and and the knife, the knife, the with the really bad South African slash Australian accent. I can't tell what it is. It's kind of a, a, a Captain Boomerang in. Um, uh, what's that fucking Suicide stupid? Squad? Suicide Squad, the original movie. Or Ray <laughs> Stevenson in uh, the uh, <laughs> throw it back yeah. to him. Yeah. yeah. And the other guys. Yeah. yeah. It's it's that kind of accent. Um and yeah, which is quite different. So I was talking about um Baldur's Gate 3. Mm. I think does a great job of you've got three companions in your party if you're playing it single player, mm. and they do drive the story forward and they've all got their own stories, and it is a complex RPG, as you would expect out of BG3, and we'll talk about yeah. it later on in Are You Winning Son? But they meld into the background for the most part as well. It's not like okay. you're constantly hearing them talk to you. They talk to you when it's relevant and when their story beats relevant to their story. Of course. I just I just walk through a town and you literally, if you're listening to the background din of people talking in the city, you might hear, isn't that right, Shadowheart? And it's like, 
hang on, what what just fucking happened? I just walked past this group of people and someone said one of my party members' names. Hmm. And you go back and talk to them. And, and, and that party member suddenly becomes really important. And you can choose whether or not you as your character or your avatar gives her center, center stage or you take the lead in the conversation. And so they're constantly oh, in the background. Very cool. That's very they're, cool. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot to say on BG3 but, but, and, and, and all of Larian games, but they're companions that will drive the story forward in a really involved and interesting way or you can just fucking ignore them. They'll mm. never be in the way. Anyway. Hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think one more honorable honorable mention here uh, mm. would be the Uncharted series, uh, yep. more so the later Uncharted games, like mm-hmm. Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy. Uh, there was times every, every stage you do um, has a companion, mm-hmm. whether it's your brother, whether it's Sully, whether it's uh, one of the other people that's in there. No, Nadine and that are in the Lost Legacy. But you always have someone Elise? with you. Elise was the girlfriend, wife. Was it? Was she with him at any stage in 4? It's been a long time since I've played 4. It's been a long time since I've played But, like, sometimes you would have the two of them there, and it, it kind of overlaps with this, this PS4 God of War series as well, that sometimes those background companions can be having a conversation with each other. I mean... How much do Atreus and Mimir talk to each other far more than either of them talk to Kratos? Like, Kratos doesn't want to be part of this Also, Kratos literally just talks in grunts unless yeah. he needs to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that, yeah. that I can respect. Hmm. Uh, but in, in Uncharted, Nate Drake is obviously super fucking chatty, and then yeah. you've got his brother and Sully and Nate all together in this fucking Jeep going across the, the open land. But yeah. then you'll stop and you'll go out to a point in the open land and only one will come with you or only you'll go out. So there's points in this game where you have a party with you in a semi-open environment mm. that Nate will be at the top of a tower and they'll actually yell down to the bottom yeah, to the yeah, people yeah, in the Jeep yeah, yeah. and they'll yell up. And it's this 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 dynamic voice. Super contextual, yeah. It's incredibly contextual and it's just... But is that scripted or is that just just? Well, it's scripted. It's scripted when you get to that that, that point. building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, is it like an in-game cutscene yes. where it's no? Okay. Where you're no, in no, complete no. control the whole time. It's in-game the, play as opposed yeah, to cutscene. It's in in-game play. Okay. So you're still okay. doing things while your character because you could is, you could walk away from that tower and yeah. they'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And, <laughs> and the sound would get further away as yeah. you do it, and yeah. then you might come back to the point and they go, "Oh, fuck." Are you right? Like, what were you doing back there? Did you yeah. find what you wanted to find? Because we're here trying to get up this fucking hill and you left us here. Mm. And it, it's that sort of stuff. And it, I think Uncharted does it the best, but they were also the earliest to do it as well. And and there's 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 a lot to be said for that dynamic group companion story as to a a solo story, as to a companion story that has no meaning, mm. if you mm. get what I mean. hundred percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no point having a companion nattering at you if it doesn't actually take you anywhere better in the story. No. Yeah. Or and, character development or an insight I, to lore of the world or anything. Yeah. And I think the first, actually, if I can think back, the first interaction of this that I can really think of in a video game 
and I can definitely probably be proved wrong by this if someone wants to go through the the archive and find this. I actually think the first time that I had like a similar style BG3 like four player character um, game, uh, X Men Legends, where they actually interacted like that. And that's the first time I actually found that like helpful. <laughs> Are like, you bloody hey, right? Hey, yeah. <laughs> sorry. But yeah, sorry, that's the first sorry. that's the first time I actually found it to be a, a helpful thing. It's just like I remember running around there that and you know Gene would say something to Cyclops, who'd be talking to Wolverine, who'd be talking to Jubilee and kind of that, that kind of stuff. It was just like you had those four characters interacting, and it was the fact that it was four four characters who would interact because they, yeah. they yeah. yeah. But it was adding stuff to the story at the same time. Um that's yeah. And I'll get into BG3 more in Are You Winning, Son, um, after we talk about our next beer. But that is one thing that BG3 doesn't do. It does a brilliant job. Like, it's it's pretty close to a perfect game for me, Yeah, my personal tastes. Like, but oh, whilst- That was a good crack, sorry. That was a good crack. <laughs> but whilst each of your characters does interact with you as a protagonist in a really- interesting and important way they don't often interact with each other all that much ah okay when they do though it's really well scripted and i'm somewhat surprised they don't do it more often because fucking shadowheart and the astarian oh no, no. Gith, okay Gith yankee lady go at each other all that well in my playthroughs they would go at each other because they're-, they're not in my party. Well, so Shadowheart's in my party, but but uh, Layrell or Layrell, yeah, Laz Lazriel, yeah, Laz is yeah. not. Um, oh, see, I th- I think she's great. Oh, she is the right a, a level of abrasive obnoxiousness. <laughs> so I've got a Starian and and uh, mm. Shadowheart in my group, and they do occasionally interact. And Astarian's this. And and for those that will never play the game, and I, this is spoiler free. Everything I say about BG three will be spoiler free. Um, he's this he's this absolute utter narcissist, but he's also a vampire. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The thrall. Horny fuck. He's, no, he's a vampire thrall. So he is a half. So he's been bitten by a vampire, but he's a slave to the vampire, basically. Yeah, which right. is why I call him a thrall. Um. But he's this absolute narcissist, and he always talks to me like, "How you doing, darling?" <laughs> like he's got this really—he's full fop. Yes, full yeah, yeah. fop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Shadowheart is this straighty one eighty down the line. This is how it is. I'm a religious fucking zealot, and their interactions are so rare, and yet when they do interact with each other, it's fucking hilarious because she's a sarcastic fucking bitch to him mm. and he knows that she's being that way and he responds as as the fop just to rile her up it's great mm. i mean and, that's and- that's where the mass effect series and and which is bioware and and mm. that's that's where that and dragon age excelled because the characters did interact in the background but it didn't take away from what you were doing. It's like mm. if you wanted to stop and listen to it. It's just tapestry. Mm. Yeah. To, just to paint the it's picture. Enriching, the, yeah, it's it literally in enriching the world. Yeah. 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 So I just think, like, if we're going to close out on this, I, I just think, look, take us back to the golden age where, um, look, I, I put my headphones on. I don't want to talk to anyone when I'm playing a video game and I don't want my character to talk to me. I just want to <laughs> walk around, do my thing, and it, just it, everyone leave me the fuck alone. But like, if it is yeah. done, if, you, if you're going to enforce it, 
do it well. In a single-player game is what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're yeah, doing so a team-based game, I want the team to interact. If you're doing mm, a... Okay, so I've got a question for you here. So to once again, to close this out and actually go on your closing argument, mm-hmm. we know the last Ronin Ninja Turtles game is coming. Yes. Do we want the last Ronin to have the other three turtles talking to him as he goes through the world? I want them to do it in a Deadpool way where he's talking to himself as the other three turtles. <laughs> <laughs> like a full that's psychosis. Really yeah, dark. Like full full yeah, psychosis. Really yeah. I'd psychosis. buy that game. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> what I want. not but that's like, a very I'd buy good. the fuck out of that game. Yeah. yeah. That is probably the best way that they could do it. If they really <laughs> lean into the psychosis of it. Oh, yeah. And you have that voice, the same voice actor doing it in slightly different tones. And which just which just slightly different, and it's it's definitely him putting him on the voices. Fit the original yeah. content too, because Raphael was always sarcastic, but in a really kind of dark, like cynical kind of way. He was yeah. a cynic. Michelangelo was just like the the the, the, the trickster. Like they all had their own very much personality, mm. very very yeah. distinct personalities, but it was all essentially voiced the same way. So, Pete, do you know who the last Ronin is? I'm saying all this very critically no, I, because no, I don't. I don't. I, I, do. okay. I, I know. I'm going to assume. I, I know as well. I'm going to yeah. assume. I'm not, I'm not going to confirm or deny whatever sure. you say. So I'm, I'm going to go. Unless, you, unless you want us to, in which case I will because yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And do it we'll, chat. And it'll be. Yeah, yeah let's not spoil it for everybody else. Yeah, because yeah. it's yeah. pretty obscure. I, I'm going to assume that it's probably. I actually wasn't surprised. I'm going to assume it's probably Michelangelo because the obvious choice was Leonardo and mm. as the leader of the Turtles. And Michelangelo was always the carefree, didn't give a shit, never took anything seriously. And I think it would be more most interesting to make him the last survivor because it would have compressed his personality so much okay. to see well, his three brethren die. After, mm. after this podcast... You're just going to have uh, we, to respond with yes or no. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, no, well, I'm not going to do it now because that'll yeah. give it away. Um, yeah. After we finish recording, I will confirm or deny what you just said. Sure. Um, cool. And here's the spoiler cast. No. Forgiveness <laughs> is divine, but never pay full price for late mm. pizza. Should we go into beer number four? Yes. Yep. Yep. Cool. Who's, who's, oh. You're <laughs> up first, what? Pete. You've, yeah, you've okay. got your, you did just, your uh, black just, IPA. Slurp. I did. So this is the Wooden Axe Brewing Co. Black oh, Rye IPA. This. I want to try this. You should. Yeah. You should. It 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 has. Have you guys heard about Wooden Axe? Who they are? No, but there's Phase Two at the top of the can. I'm not sure what that means. So this is the second beer they've released in cans. Um, I'm excited for them because they are a young young pair of guys who won the Frenchies Homebrew Comp, and the first beer they put out was a Nitro. Nitro uh, vanilla, nitro vanilla stout or something like that. It was okay. really creamy. I just remember it. we had it in the shop, and it was like, yeah. So this is their second beer. So you know, it's it's. So we definitely haven't done these guys. We haven't. This, we is, haven't- their, this is their second beer they released commercially. Yeah. Okay. So so the, so it's called Phase Two. That's the name of the beer. Mm-hmm. I said it was Black Rye IPA. That's the the, the style description. It's a Casca a CDA Cascadian Dark Ale. Um, and it's six and a half percent, and it's fucking spectacular. It, it is really good. There's just a there's an edge of bacony goodness. Mm. It's not strong and it's not overpowering. A little bit of smoke mold in there. Mm. Yeah, That's yeah. Good. You 
definitely get it. But you still also get, excuse me, a bit gassy. Um, you still get um a really solid hop hit out of the IPA base beer out of it. Um, mm. that is a great fucking beer, though. I would definitely hunt that down. Mm. So where'd you get uh, that from? I'm, I want to. I want to say Tom. Nah, probably not. <laughs> Pretty sure I did. I just tried to sure I swipe did. and crease some text on the back of the can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry. That's I want to do that. Is one of the dumbest, New dumbest, dumbest things I've ever fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> and it definitely recorded. I literally went. Oh, yeah, I, can't I saw in. you do it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the Untapped describes this as the rye malt lends a spicy zest. Perfectly complementing the citrusy hop character for some big hitters, Citra and Amarillo. This is phase two. Mm, good. Yep. It is It is a really solid IPA base, and it just has that dark malt body kind of creeping in. It's not overpowering. It doesn't turn it into something that it's not. It's just a – I would have said it's, it's a dark beer influencing a IPA. Okay. And yeah, you do get a bit of a spicy hit, I guess. Um, I'm going to give it a four to five. Mm. Yeah, mm. which is my highest ranking of the night. Which, is, yeah, really enjoyed that. Tom, what are you drinking? Oh, very bright screen is what I'm drinking. Um, <laughs> we've talked. Uh, I'm going to start this beer with. Uh, we've talked about some um, copyright infringement in beer labels before. Mm. We have. We have. Um, I don't think this has been uh, sanctioned by the uh, company, <laughs> if I can show it to you. Uh, but I now understand more given who I know is behind the collaboration. It's a collaboration beer. It's a, it's a double West Coast IPA using um, Chinook Cryo, Amarillo, and Simcoe. It's from Seeker Brewing, and it is the Boomstick <laughs> Sonic Boom. Yeah. And let me tell you, I sincerely doubt that's, Capcom. That, that Capcom signed <laughs> off on that. <laughs> but also knowing Boomstick love doing some collaboration beers where they really just go, it's, 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 it's straight out copyright infringement. The, the beers they've done with uh, Bracket, have they've done the X-Men series. They did the Gambit one originally and then they did the Juggernaut. Um, to the point where the artwork was literally, if you type Juggernaut into uh, Google, it was the first image that came up. That's what they Oof. used. Yeah. That's a um, good way to go to jail. And I'm pretty sure that uh, color that uh, is around Gambit's cards is probably copyrighted by- Probably. Marvel as well. <laughs> as well as the gloves. Because right, it was, it was the, yeah. you know, it was yeah, the, 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 the- Yeah, the-, the, um, the 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 two the That's two fingers. Guile. That is one hundred percent guile. Yeah. You know oh, you know yeah. how it is because it says guile right there. That says mm. guile on the can. Uh, Kyle, guile versus hops. Sonic Boom Double West Coast IPA is a fantastic Double West Coast IPA. It's delicious. It's 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 dank. It's hoppy. It's it's everything you want. It's nice and bitter. Um, but it's just like there were two cans in the fridge that I wanted to grab for this reason. This to- this topic around copyright infringement. The other one is a Deeds beer, which I will probably enjoy by myself, and it's called There and Bracked Again, and it is literally the um, the Numenorian tree 
I was going to uh, say it's Lord of the Rings reference. It yeah. is a very, very on the nose Lord of the Rings reference uh, using because they are part of the Bract brewing system, whatever that was. I just read briefly on the. Um, I think it's a, a potentially a yeast or hop, maybe a hop farm thing. Um, anyway, I I, sure. I didn't use it, but it it has it it has the ring script on the can. It's mm. and we've talked to that before with some with some deeds cans recently where they um uh they, they did the um the can that was uh um Back to the Future references and it just had the timestamps. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah. like how. Are you homaging or are you actually mm. like being creative with it? And it's just like, if you're going to be that obvious, like, are you being creative? Anyway, um, that's a, just a, almost like a screen grab printed onto a can. So that's, um, look, it's, 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 I enjoy, it obviously stood out to me. I, I grabbed it because of the can. It looked, it looked, a, I also grabbed it because of the style. If that had been a fucking Hefeweizen, I would have thrown it against the wall and then taken a <laughs> shit on it. Um, but yeah, look, it is a very good double West Coast IPA. Um, I, I like the fact that a glassware company is also doing collaborations with breweries. I think that's kind of fun. That's that's a bit more a bit more interesting than just breweries collaborating where you know it's like one brewer called another brewer and said, hey, you want to jump on this one with me? And you go, yeah, sure. Do I have to do anything? No. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck my name on the label. <laughs> um, but the fact that they are they're, they're a, a, um, a glassware company and they make they make really nice glassware as well. Um, yeah, I think it's um, it's fun. Uh, as a double West Coast IPA, I'm giving that a four point seven five. Cool. Yeah. Wow. It Big is cool. deliciously deliciously I'm also bitter. Impressed and you managed to pat it out that long too. I can talk some shit if I need to. <laughs> we spoke about things. We we we. I should probably be shit. a writer for um, Square Enix for Forspoken. Fucking <laughs> dogs. Dan, what are you what are you drinking, uh, mate? I've got another New England. Oh, wait a minute. It's called Mud Map Hazy IPA. It's got Ooh. Galaxy and Mosaic in it, and it's exactly what it should be. It's a fruity tropical fruit bowl of a hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, ABV. You know what? No, no, this is absolutely wrong. This says it's fucking 50 IBUs. This is not anywhere in the vicinity of 50 IBUs. Is there a point in there? No. No. It's, it's listed in, in uh, untapped as 50 IBU as well. There's not a chance in hell this is 50. <laughs> not a, not a anywhere near close in any way, shape, or form. 6.6%. It's just it's a it's just a great fruity IPA. It's just hazy IPA. Great or grape fruity. Great, great, okay. great. Tropical fruity, some appley, some melon, some peachy characteristics, apricot, nectarine, sort of that mm-hmm. that whole tropical fruit bowl. It's all just sort of amalgamated together. It's got a a really nice mouthfeel. It's got a good residual sweetness to it. Just. All up, it's really nice. It's not fucking fifty IBUs, uh, but it's really nice. Nice out of five. Oh, I'm like, I don't want to give it a something in the threes, but I don't think it's well above a four, so <laughs> I'm gonna give it a four. Okay, cool. All right, that's you, um, bro. Tom. Are you winning, son? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am. I am. I have obviously jumped straight into, and we're going to bring it out now because it's the most glorious thing on the planet. I have jumped straight into Spider-Man 2. 
Um, so big. Mm, it's 19 inches of venom, baby. Uh, Peter comes off, which is fun as well. Um, Emma yeah. hates that I can take take Peter off because now he swings around the house and annoys her. Um, <laughs> he sometimes pokes her in the head when she's trying to make business calls. Because uh, <laughs> what else am I going to do with my time? Uh, yeah, uh, I am apparently almost halfway through the game and I think I've been playing it for about 12 hours. 10 minutes? Yeah. It has been said it's a very short game. I'm not angry about that, though. I I I definitely still am, am spending time web-zipping around uh, New York City. New York City is very much more um, – it's so much denser in terms of, like, the, just the traffic and the pedestrian content um, of the people walking past and driving cars in New York. It feels more lived in. Um, and I, we were going to talk about this as a potential spotlight, but um, you do get your web wing gliders. So you get to mm-hmm. glide in this and then you get into these wind tunnels and flying through New York City, it really makes me like think that that is what a um, a flying superhero game needs Insomniac to come in and give it some, you know, like some some pointers on that. It, it feels so natural just zipping through buildings Um Flying down a main street or something at like full full bore, it's the it's the best. I think it's one of the best city flying simulators I've actually played in in all my years. Um, and I've played some games which did replicate like, I mean it was a Lego one, but like Lego Avengers, like you got to fly around through New York in Lego Avengers, but it was kind of like, um, it it didn't feel as fast and uh, like you got to make these like handbrake turns in it and like and stuff. I'd really love them to take to take on a, a Superman character or an Iron Man um, and fly through a city metropolis or, or compared to the, the gliding of the Arkham series. It's going to be so good to see what they do with Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, uh, yeah, um, I'm apparently, yeah, halfway through the main story. Um, they've made some canon changes, which I'm not on board with, given my um, love of, Spider-Man comics over the years, um, but mm. I'm not particularly angry with them. I just think yeah, it serves the story well. It's again, it's good writing. It's very well written. Um, the voice acting is brilliant. The, the the it's so smooth. It's so fucking smooth. Literally, it's 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 gliding butter over my ball sack. It's just that smooth. <laughs> like wow. Um, that's that's- <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing, and it it's. Even though it's going to be a short game, like it's definitely one of the ones that I would, I would, I'd, it doesn't have a new game plus at the moment. They said it's coming in. Um, I'd love to play a new game plus version of it just to go back and play it again. Yeah, I um, saw I that. I haven't finished that it. They, they I haven't finished it. And I, I, just, I want to go back into it again. Um, suits, the, I've unlocked half the suits so far. They've been cool. It's, they did the same thing where you get to unlock the Into the Spider Verse suits and they, mm. they play differently. Like the animation plays differently. I still um, haven't seen that animated film either. You get to turn that off, though. You get to turn that off, though, which is all. fun. We haven't seen it, so watch it. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um, um, you get to turn it off. So if you want to run around as into the Spider Verse, Miles, or the one I've unlocked for Peter is the Nicolas Cage Noir. Like, <laughs> <Pops Colin. laughs> nice. So, but you get to turn off the animation thing, so it's smooth. It's it's fluid and smooth, like as opposed to being a bit yeah, jarring, right. um, yeah. which I think is really cool. You also got once you unlocked the Nick Cage. Um, noir suit. You also got to turn on the um, the power whammy um, for any suit. Yeah, the the bubbles. 
the bubbles for any suit that you used. Um, I have been definitely running around as um, anyone actually cares, which probably no one does. Um, classic Spider-Man. So Peter Parker's in classic suit because you just can't get past the original. Um, but Miles is using the um, uh, 2099 Miles suit, which is kind of similar to the one that um, they have in the film, but it's hooded and still got the blade. So it's, yeah, look cool. Anyway, I'm fucking loving it. Yeah, so I'm so- winning. Tom, can I ask, uh, is this a game that allows you to put a suit on and use the powers but, uh, like, have a cosmetic of another suit? No, they've changed that from the first one. So the suits are purely cosmetic. Purely cosmetic. So they yeah. don't have powers. They don't have powers them. associated to them, which I actually, I, I'm not angry about because you just, you learn to play as Peter and Miles so you you got, for your upgrade points, yeah. you've got a Peter Peter um, Peter Tingle. Um, no, you've got a, a Peter Peter map. You've got a Miles map, and then you've got a joint Spider Man yep. Spider Man. Yeah. Yep. Um, I haven't unlocked the black suit yet. I I know and I'm just close to purely getting, cosmetic. Purely the cosmetic. First, the first one really lent into each suit having its own ability. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which annoyed me because I have certain suits I like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is this is purely cosmetic. Um, like, so, you know, for the special powers so far, obviously Peter's going to get black suit powers, but, um, he has, um, the, the forearms, the Doc Ock arms, the spider arms out of the, coming out of the back of his suit. Um, no matter what suit you wear, they're, they're his things compared to Miles has his, um, bioelectric powers. So, yeah. Um, okay. it's just, it's just a beautifully done city. The one weird thing actually, and I don't know if you guys will find this weird. I found it really weird. Um, I've been to New York several times and I've been to New York since 2001 when obviously the 9-11 tragedy happened. Um, the the um, 9-11 square isn't in the game. Oh. I think it's been replaced with a building. Game? So I've, I've webbed around. Block. Like- I know it is. I've been to it. I've looked in it, but it's not in the game. I, but I'm pretty <clears throat> sure it's been replaced with a fictional building. And I don't yeah. know if that was- That's- it's a weird thing, like because I, I it was weird that also that I went searching for it, but yeah, I, I yeah I couldn't find it. Yeah, I, that's that I can understand if it's a city like Metropolis that mm. is meant to be fictional. New York, yeah, hundred percent. That's New York. That's, that's, that's fictional, yeah. New York that's meant to be New York. That so the, the like buildings really they've added in, which which obviously that's a bit of a ham-fisted way to deal with it, right? We weren't sure whether or not to put. No, but I'm pretty the, sure there the, was something in about it in the first game. I think you could you could visit it, and like it's a it's a beauty it's a, it is a quite serene memorial when you actually go to it Have in New York. You, so you've been to the memorial? Yeah, yeah, I've been to the yeah, square. Right. Yeah, um, but they've added in an Oscorp some building. Some dude recently fell down. Or, or yeah, some, some yeah, some guy jumped into the fountain, like the waterfall thing, and then yeah, yeah, broke both his legs probably. I think he actually got away with one broken bone, and that was it. And it yeah. looked like he was pretty much dead. I, I don't know the full backstory. It was yeah. a Reddit post of or a Reddit. So video. They've, they've added in. But it looks can, really. Yeah, you can visit the Wakandan embassy. You can find um, there's the Avengers Tower, which is the, one of the tallest buildings in New York. Mm. You can like, climb up. There's the Trask building. There's they've finished the Fisk building. It was part of the first game, and that's actually the really cool thing. There's a bunch of things from the first game which were under construction, which are now completed because there's a time gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's one other, like, oh, there's the Oscorp building. 
But yeah, I'm yep. pretty sure where, from my memory of New York, where mm. the memorial is meant to be, there is a building there. And I'm not sure if it's like meant to be like a, this is what it could have been, or if it's just a, well, there was a gap in the skyline, so we wanted to chuck in this fixed one that's part of yeah, the story. But if it's yeah, but if this is what could have been, that's that's some really weird-ass shit. Like, that's- Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think- I don't feel like a game developer has a- No. I'm not American enough to say what I wanted to say there. I'm just going to leave that out. I just- Yeah. That's weird. Change history. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no. So, yeah, it was- um, Yeah. That's kind of where I was going. Like, hmm. an opinion. You're, you're stating an opinion- with a, with a change like that, yeah, like, because I not don't not all, know not that a game developer New, has a voice would would ever move on from that. Yeah, I don't know yeah. that a game developer like that's a big call, right? Mm. To say that we we have a voice strong enough to declare what we would have done in this situation. That's 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 big. And then that, I guess that's the other thing for the Pretty, other buildings. It's like you know, you, there's there's one a mission one mission I've done which involves the Sanctum Sanctorum, which is a Obviously, the building that is the Sanctum Sanctorum doesn't actually exist in New York. I've been to 122 Bleecker Street. It is just an apartment <laughs> building. Um, it doesn't- I, does- I, I love that I would have guessed that about you yeah. and got yeah, the no, right I don't know. One of the first times I went there, I was like, Emma, I'm going out for a day. I'll be back. Um, <laughs> I went and, and did a, a Marvel tour of New York and tried to find all the spots. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know, that is definitely, you know, it's- it's a bigger building than it actually is, and it's taken apart like a part of a city block out. That's like, if you wanted to be completely accurate, that building's not there. But that's a bit different than, yeah, removing a, a tribute and a a, 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 um, a memorial from from a pretty devastating attack. Yeah, yeah. I just found something on Game Informer. It's a pretty long article. I am not in a state to read it right now, but it's the title is "Why Is It Missing?" Uh, Spider-Man Two is missing this major New York City landmark. I mean, that's good that I remembered where it was, and I actually web zipped there, and mm. it wasn't there. So, mm. well done, the old Tom brain. Still works. Well done. Mm. Pat on the back. <laughs> anyway, Peter, are you winning, son? Do you really want to go to me next? I, uh, you know what? Well, you, yeah, because he's doing you, research, and you're sitting you, there scratching you should. your chin. You sh- you should because if I if I wait any longer to talk about BG three, I'll be too drunk to fucking get a sentence out. Because mm. I'm I'm in that I'm in that fucking zone right now. Are we, are been- we setting you Are we setting you a time limit? Do you want me to set a timer? No, I'm good. I'm good. We good? we actually need to wrap pretty soon, so I'll, I'll be quick. Um, Baldur's Gate three is as close to a perfect game as I've ever played. Well done, Larian Studios. Well done. <laughs> Five stars. It's just, it's, and, and I've, I've got to do this spoiler free both for the audience because it's a relatively new game and Dan because the early, asp, uh, early access, early aspect, early a- access only exposed act one of a three act story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've done what we experienced them do for the first two games, Dan. So they, they create the story that you actually give a shit about by the end of it. And that's to me. That's kind of rare in a video game these days. You you can get on board with a storyline, but actually caring about the outcome before it's revealed—that's something that not too many game studios can do for me personally anymore. How far into the game, if we can ask, are you? Yeah. So I just started Act Three. Okay. So, so yeah, about, it's a substantial part of the story. Yeah. yeah, and it's not a it's not it's not a humongous game. In fact, I would say that it's probably 
it's it's probably a shorter game than um uh divinity original sin 2 mm-hmm. i think i'm maybe 80 hours in yep and i'm in act three mm-hmm. just gotten into act three but the interaction between characters the game mechanics i talked about this br- very briefly last episode yeah, yeah yeah the game mechanics are such a are such a true representation of um of dungeons and dragons fifth edition that it exposes some of the flaws in the game mechanics that your dungeon master will typically gloss over. So, so, and this is actually something I've been giving some thought to in the lead up to this episode. Mm. A pen and paper RPG is not written as a game mechanic to be implemented as a video game. No. And so there are some aspects no. that, there are some aspects that, that the game developers know they can get away with because there's a human helming the way that it's implemented mm. that you can't get away with if you implement it literally in a mechanical sense with no there's there's no room for wriggle Do you like have an example, in a video game. example of that without being yeah, spoiling yeah, yeah yeah so so i i mentioned last episode just very briefly the action economy and the um just spell slot economy is probably an easy way to deal with this. Mm. So if you're a if you're a spellcaster as your main main class, right. In the very early game you might get two level 1 1 spell slots and one level 2 spell slot. Your level 2 spell slot at that level in in like the early game. So you're talking levels 1 2 3 4 out of 12 in the game, by the way. Mm. Um your level 2 spell slot might be a nuke that does significant damage to the bad guys. Your level one spell slots are, it's like <laughs> slapping someone with a sword. <laughs> but it's not a big deal. Like getting a fly swat sometime and just go, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. naughty boy. <laughs> Except you only get two level That's one me. spell slots and one level two spell slot per right. long rest. Yeah. And so going back and doing a long rest is a big deal. It means the day has ended. You're vid- you finish adventuring for the day. And so the game mechanics as written, the rules as written in in 5th edition, your DM, if he's a good DM, will tell you a story over the space of one in-game day mm-hmm. that will come to a natural conclusion and you sleep and you have a long rest and you get all your resources back. Whereas in a video game, you walk into a goblin random encounter, you kill three goblins and you need a short rest, which is kind of your midday. I had lunch and I got some of my resources back, but not all of them. And then I walked into a second goblin encounter and I killed three more goblins and now my day's over and I have to end my day. And it feels really clunky in a video game. But Also, that's pe- very fucking lazy. Like, you can kill three more than six goblins in a day. <laughs> and yet, I'm not even making this up. And, and Dan can, can attest to this. When, you, when you're starting out in, in Dungeons & Dragons, that's, that's mm. an encounter. Yeah. And two encounters is a long rest. That's how the game's oriented. So I'm still at a point now where I'm level 10 and it only goes to 12. So the pen and paper RPG game only goes to level 20 and people have complained about there's no end game in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Well, the video game only implements the first 12 levels. Right. So you never actually get to that final end game. Is that because you'll be too powerful at level 20 or? What they've said is once you get past level 12, so... If they were only implementing the 16 classes, I want to say off the top of my head, maybe 12, 12 mm-hmm. classes. Yeah, 12 classes. 
Mm. If they're only only implementing the 12 classes, they might have gotten away with it, but they've said that with multi-class built into the game where you can be a level one paladin or level one warlock and a level one cleric and a level one druid, it starts to get super complicated for them to implement those rules. And so that's that's their excuse. It, it's it was coding, com- yeah. Which I struggled to I struggled to believe. Mm. Yeah, the reason I say it. this, I'm not buying the, it. And the 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 reason I struggle to believe it is most video games will have playtesters, yeah, and a a fixed limited resource to invest in testing before you release the game. Pete, Larry they released it in early access for three fucking years. They and Larian Studios also had the benefit of a decade of playtesting the game mechanics because yeah. all they've done is implemented the game mechanics. So, yeah, it, it's different to a Divinity, mm. but, yeah, similar, no, 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 same, no, same, no, same, but different. No, no, what I'm saying is they've had a decade for um, D- Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition pen and paper role-playing games, mm. gamers, to test the game mechanics that they implemented because they didn't write the game rules. Somebody else did. And so if it was complicated and didn't work, yeah. um, someone's already done Wizards that of the in, Coast someone, would have edited already done the rules. That in a pen and paper version. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So it's really just, just telling the story. Anyway, I'm, I'm pissy and I'm way off track. The game, the, the actual story is fucking brilliant. Hmm. And Larian Studios' implementation of the, of the D&D 5th edition rules is... Is true to form. It is very respectfully the original material. It adds its own spin on it. Maybe five percent of it's Larian Studios. Ninety-five percent of it's Wizards of the Coast um, rule set. But the actual story is a hundred percent Larian Studios, and you can tell mm. you're invested. It's interesting. The twists and turns are like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming you kind of buy into it more and it makes you make some moral and ethical choices that really make you uncomfortable at times. And that was divinity original sin one and two. I really enjoyed that. They don't do black and white. They do hundred percent shades of gray and early too. Yeah. Mm. It will not be my first playthrough. I can tell you that. Yeah. Mm. They, 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 they make you think about what kind of person you are very early in the game. Which is which to me is to me that is the best encapsulation of the fiber that makes up Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. That's what makes them so good at telling that story is because that is D and D. It makes you make that. It makes you ask yourself the question: Who am I as a character? To, to be able to be forced to make those decisions for yourself and a party as well and how Mm. you interact with a party uh, with a non-existent human DM is a big thing. Yeah. And it's not a perfect game. My complaints are pretty limited. Well, that's a fucking bipolar, like, twist on what you said at the start of your fucking (laughs) intro. (laughs) It's as close to a perfect game as I've ever seen, and I still stand by that statement, but it's not a perfect game. There's a couple of minor bugs in it, like mechanical bugs, where I've tried to to enter a room that I was supposed to enter, but I couldn't because it didn't reveal that area, and I had to reload some saves and shit. So it's not technically perfect. Um, And because they were so keen on exploring... Sex in a video game, 
I one of my minor complaints is that all of the party characters and all of the extra characters that you could bring into your party, but so the way they do this is you've got a camp, and Please all don't of the- tell me the dogs in the camp, Pete. Very upset if the dog's in the camp. The dog is in the camp. And the owlbear. Anyway. Um, (laughs) There's a bunch of playable characters that you can add to your party, and if you choose not to, like, there's ten of them. And Mm. so you've only got a party of four. So the other six hang out in your your camp, and you can dismiss any of your party members at any time, and you can recruit one of your other party members. And it's the mechanical side of it is actually well executed. Right. But so many of my party members want to fuck me. It's not funny. Well, that means it's a fantasy game then. And I get, <laughs> I, 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 I get why they implemented it. But this is the game that made itself like one of its. Didn't its they reveal that was a, that was that was an actual bug though? That they never meant mm. for the game to be that like that sexual. Showy. Yeah, yeah. It's so easily, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I, that's what they said. I think they I, sent they sent they sent a like fix because they were like, I, I call bullshit because I've had to fend off, and I don't get into in depth conversations with some of off. my potential. Potential party members because I just don't want to have to go through the bullshit. But of my of my three major party members that aren't the avatar that I built, two of them have now attempted to initiate a romantic relationship. One of them, I've I've like I yeah I like if I'm going to romance a character, I've picked that character, and the other one I've had to fend off. But I've been put in this awkward situation where it's like. If I if I tell him that I'm not interested in the wrong way, I'm gonna break the character progression mm. for this character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to me like it's not a. It's, they didn't break the game. I just I just think there's just like seriously, everyone wants to fuck me. Like this is poorly take, written in just, that sense. Just take it out. It's not actually needed. In also, that I think it's one of the weirdest things that a games lot of is okay. No, I think it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I hate when I have to romance a character in NPC. Genitalia yeah. in they they no, put themselves just, on the map. Truce, but like yeah. I I think romancing a character is the weirdest. And, thing. And I got to yeah. tell you, when you're building your character, you can pick from three different penis types and three different vagina types. And it's just like. Do you get my um, bent to the left one or not? <laughs> they got a Actually, slider. Centered, <laughs> <laughs> left, or right. This, oh, no, actually, tip, I think that- Tip, tip or full shaft. I, I, I <laughs> how far I down the shaft is it bent? <laughs> I didn't yeah, spin. I, mean. I didn't- yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the next Larry in Studios game. A a vertical and horizontal slider. But seriously, like this, so so the three the three vagina options are basically how much pubic hair you have, and and the three penis options are (laughs) circumcised, uncircumcised with a small amount of hair, and then circumcised with a large amount of hair, or something like that. And it's just like, do no, do we really need genitalia in video games? Of course we don't. It's not a thought process. Any smart person would just say, this is not a space we need to sexualize. There is so much in life that is over-sexualized already. We do not also, need this shit creeping that as a, If you games. need that as a, as a person playing a game, just imagine the piece in your mind. Just download. Yeah. No, so 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 he does a decent job of, deci- of, of dealing decent with- Decent job of crafting a penis? Yeah, okay. No, no, no. Gender identity does yeah. not mean- Sexualization. 
And I think no, no, they made the mistake of including both when they could have really pushed a progressive agenda around, mm. okay, you're playing a character that looks like this. Do you identify as male or female? They could have dealt with that. Like yeah. the character obviously has boobs or doesn't have boobs. It's obviously feminine or masculine, and that's a separate slider to uh, do you identify your character as he, she, or sorry, he, they, he, him, or she, her. I can understand making that distinction. I actually think that's a good progressive element to include in a video game so that people that play a role-playing game, especially especially in this context Mm. of this type of game, play the role. You look like this. How do you identify? Because that's not the same thing. But do we need to include genitalia? No. Do we need to include sexual encounters in a video game? No. It's the weirdest thing for me in RPGs. I I hate that when I have to, whenever I play an RPG, I have to. Yeah, but this pushes that boundary. Yeah, I know, I know, I know and I've I've read all those things, but it's just it's it's still the thing. Like I think Mass Effect, I have to romance a character. I don't actually. Sorry, if I'm on a team, I don't have to seduce one of my team members. Especially not if you're the general and the commander of the ship that everybody is going to war on. You yeah. don't have to do anything, <laughs> yeah. and you are actually recommended don't do it. So, so in Starfield, which mm. I've abandoned completely, you get a permanent five percent bonus to experience. For this five minutes more because I need to pee again. Okay, but you've already talked, so we can just butter. throw to Tom anytime I feel like it. Um, Hello, in I'm Star- Tom. Throw to me. In, in, I will in a sec. In, in Starfield, you get a permanent five percent bonus to experience gain if you've ever had sex with one of your characters. Oh, that was the same thing they did in Skyrim where you had a wife. You got a bonus for having a wife. If you played as a male character, bonuses. To me, um, that's just like, why? Because you're cool, Peter, because you've had sex. It just feels cheap. You know what's actually mechanic. really good? Not getting any um, experience points. Uh, oh, well, look, sex in video games is, is, a, is a long and sordid history. I think back to... Um, I was going to go through the original PlayStation God of War games where you had a mini game for sex and it was a QTE experience. (laughs) And let me tell you. But no one was sitting there fucking jerking the gherkin while while playing that game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Not while doing QTE. There's no fucking way you're going to pass a QTE with one hand. No. Well, logistically. (laughs) You probably could. Dan, what what is what's your opinion? Do you think that you could jerk the gherkin while doing a quick time event in God of War One? For the sex game game. Do you think you could do it? What a horrible challenge, way to challenge, walk challenge back challenge. from the bathroom, right? <laughs> <laughs> I there just was wanted to so put it on the spot. Many things that was you going through my head. You you left us and <laughs> we did, this is what we came up did, with. You're talking about the, 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 the first quick time event where he's banging the chicks on the yep. the, in the, the spa. Could, in the spa. Do you think you yeah. could complete that 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 mini game while easily, while jerking the gherkin? No. 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 It's a two-handed fucking QTE, yeah? It's not though. And it's a two-handed jerk. <laughs> it's not. It's Tom. It's definitely <laughs> for, for not. For some of us. <laughs> it's definitely not. It's literally just putting... No, there's too much thought behind anyway. that. That's, that's <laughs> well, well, just, just, while, just while our uh, our our minds are in the gutter around this, you can actually pick your genitalia in um, Cyberpunk 2077 as well. 2077? 20, 20, 20, yeah. 20, is that the right yeah. year? 
Yeah. 2077? I think so. You can pick it, but it's also got one of those traditional RPG uh, character creation screens where you can turn your character. So if you give them a really long dong and you flick it really quick, you flick the character really quick, it like... It like <laughs> wiggles as well. So <laughs> it's got <laughs> what about the I shape? love a penis with physics. Well, you yeah. can do it. You can, well, because I played it on PC, so you can just do it with a mouse. You can just hold the button that turns the character, and then just, whip, whip, <laughs> just you can just whip whip the so mouse. You, got, and you, just you go, finally boom. you finally got a helicopter penis. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just, there's no place for it. Like, no, it's like there's so many it's there's ridiculous. so many ways that we sexualize. Also, um, I just think and, about and a younger and younger character, age character creation like models. Like, I don't need to shape my eyebrows. I don't. I don't. There's so many uh, dumb things get put into character creation. Models. I wouldn't. I. You know what? I wouldn't minimize that because there are some people. There's actually a surprising, surprisingly large amount of people that you see on Reddit, which is not a representation of the general population, but it is a also representation. not a representation of the best part of the internet either. But is so, it? You know. But it is a cross-sectional representation of people on the internet. There are a lot of people on Reddit that say that the best part of playing an RPG game for them is the character creation. So I don't agree, but I will respect their space. Yeah, and, I'm and with why you, the yeah. fuck not have a yeah. huge amount of variety in in avatar creation? I just don't think. That needs to I still think the best thing is in an RPG needs to be the story. That's the whole thing. Yeah, role playing game the, needs to be the yes. story. Yes, yeah. best and, and the best and thing in character creation is loincloths, male or female loincloths. That's all that, it needs to be. Uh, Skyrim <laughs> underwear when you when you yep. loot a corpse, you take the arm off. They yep. still got underwear yes, on. Yeah, underwear on. Yep. yep, completely agree. Yep. It's not needed. No. Anyway, Tom, are you winning, sir? No, I've already answered that. Hey. So I think it's Dan's oh. turn. Hey. How did how did we end up with no notes for you and? Yeah, All I talked about Spider-Man for about... You Am I winning, son? Yes, Sorry. motherfucker. I'm Dan, winning, son. are you winning, no, son? You know what? No, I'm not. Fuck you. Because, because <laughs> I'm... I literally I'm, just tried to pass on to you. Don't yell at me. I'm sad, Dan, and I didn't get to play Return to Moria, but... I have my own thoughts about Return to Moria that I've addressed on this podcast already. I think it's probably going to be bad, but I still bought it. It was $55, half price for a game here in Australia. So digital... Full digital. Let's let's see if I get if I get a couple of weeks out of it, I get a couple of weeks out of it. But I'm on a full uh, Lord of the Rings kick at the moment, so uh, I remembered that Shadow of War was a free PS Plus game uh, many many moons ago. Mm-hmm. So I went and chucked Shadow of Mordor on the PS5, and god damn, it's actually a really good game. Dan Once asked we- me some very, very cool Lord of the Rings questions, which I really enjoyed. I saw answering. some of them, but he stopped in the, the general chat pretty quick. Or no, I might have been. There was set, like me and Tom talked for like three hours or more. In I got in, out the companion. But not in my channel. <laughs> not in a channel I, I got to see. Yeah. Yeah. In that channel. Anyway, doesn't matter. That's um, right. I, I got the no, companion no. out. I got yeah. the 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 um, the Jay Tyler. It's been a pretty out. rough week for yeah. me. If if anyone if Sorry. anyone ever wants some Lord of the Rings ans- uh, questions answered, also you can um, you can like and subscribe and then uh, DM me. Um, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you should go buy the Jay Tyler Lord of the Rings companion. It's the most. I don't in-depth. like your level of subtlety. You need to slam that shit home. Like it needs to be clunky. like and subscribe, or I'll come to your house and cut your mum. Um, is that better? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I might have to block some of that. 
Carry on, Columbus. I said I might cut her off in traffic. I never said that I would actually physically. Yeah, but anyway, the J.E. Tyler <laughs> Lord of the Rings Companion is the <laughs> is the literal encyclopedia for Lord of the Rings. It's the most beautiful book in the world. Yeah, right. And, and as Tom pointed out to me, that the Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War games take a side step from the mm. actual Tolkien and Peter Jackson lore. But I love it. I I love Calabrimbor more than Peter yeah, Calabrimbor. Yeah, Calabrimbor. Have you haven't played either of the games, Pete? No, but he was in um, Power of uh, the, no, the Rings of Power. No, that is a weak. That is like adding a liter of water to five mils oh. of milk. Weak. Like that is how no, much Calabrimbor is. No, watered I down. actually disagree because that the, 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 the Rings of Power is more there was a subtlety to that character is more akin to the actual Tolkien. Kellebrimbor. Yeah. yeah, so you're, you're saying that. You're liking but- the action-adventure Kellebrimbor that you get. Yeah, that's an angry I fucking ca- wraith. Yes, he is an angry wraith. I do. I very yeah. much like Kellebrimbor yeah. and Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor. And he's just a he's just a he's such a good no, he's a bad balance to Talion, who is the uh, virtuous honorable ranger. Gondor Ranger, yeah. Yeah. And and all you've got is Calabrimbor in his fucking ear that he can't get rid of, saying "Get the Palanthia," and he's like every two seconds he's like "Get the Palanthia." That's the only thing that matters. Fuck these people. Get the Palanthia. <laughs> like nobody else matters. Palant Palantir. There's no Palantir. Yep. There you go. Um, it's I did the I've much more invested in the Nemesis system this time around mm. because you really need to upgrade your armor and equipment before you move to the next segments in this in Shadow of War versus Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, I'm very interested uh, to see where you get with there is one particular um deviation from the law that happens in the Shadow of War game. Um mm-hmm. which you will stumble upon and I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um and I cannot wait for your message about that. Just being like, is this real? Okay. And I'll be like, absolutely fucking not. Okay. Well, I'll I'll keep going keep going on that because it, it's just I think the the these and that I guess that kind of makes me happy, but kind of disappoints me quite a bit as well that they couldn't have made it work within the world because it is such a cool setting for them to do. I- Think it's also inventive though, but I also I I I liken it to Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed should yeah, never be canon. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and okay. people who are yeah. called that's out it, that's exactly it's a good call. Yeah. yeah, people who called out for Marok in Ahsoka to be um, Starkiller, Star I was Killer. like absolutely fucking not. Starkiller should never be involved in the actual Star Wars canon because he was too overpowered. And it's mm. the same thing with Talion. Yeah. Talion is Talion and the Killer Brimbor. And the way they 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 fuse together in the in the, in the Assassin's Creed way that they mm. they take on Mordor should should never be actually involved in the proper official Lord of the Rings canon. Yeah, mm. it's 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 a it's a fun side journey. Yeah, and, and just on the gameplay elements, the the dialogue that they give to the orc captains, like just incredible that you can get ambushed by people that are. That is their play style. Like you might be mm. fighting one captain or a group of orcs, and all of a sudden you'll be ambushed by this captain because that is it's his a roving character. orc band. Yeah, it's a roaming orc, like or he's a thief, or he's an assassin, or he's something like that that will ambush you or come in like that. They have their own set dialogue. 
They'll speak to you as at during an execution. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll defeat them once and they'll come back again with the nemesis system faces is, is amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. In, absolutely incredible. The the other thing is the um, it's Batman Arkham free flow combat style, but the brutality of it that is introduced. Have you come across bru Bruise yet? Have you done the Bruise missions yet? No. Oh, wait till you come across Bruise the Shark. It's it's a, okay. It's also a wonderful weird um, Lord of the Rings Finding Nemo cross reference that no oh, one ever okay. asked for because there's this very ochre Australian sounding orc troll uh, troll orc who's no. named Bruce who is meant to be Bruce the shark from Finding Nemo. Yep. I'll let you know when I get there. He's he's fantastic. Yeah. The the uh, beating death animation when you get hit by an archer and you hit the quick time event to. Escape oh yeah, and that sound is, is exactly the animation that it is of Aragon knocking the arrow away or dagger. There's something that's thrown at him in Fellowship. Lurtz and pulls he the um, dagger that um, Callahorn gives him out of his leg, and he throws it at Aragon. And it was mm. a actual misstep in the film. Fuck you, I'm doing this. Um, it was an actual <laughs> misstep in the film. And the character, the guy who played Lurtz, the 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 actor, he unfortunately um, threw the knife, not intending to throw it, and Viggo Mortensen actually deflected the fucking knife, and that's why the sound is so good. Oh, because it's real, and, and and it's an iconic move as well because um, Talion does exactly the same movement mm. with his sword deflecting. That uh, from the outside, yeah. so it's it's really built in because uh, Talion's a ranger, the same as um, mm. Aragon was. So I, I love it. I think it's great. And let's uh, let's well, not uh, the same, but they're spoken to be. He's more like as, um, Faramir. He's a ranger of Gondor as opposed to a ranger of Arnor, which are a different yeah. species of people. Okay. Rabbit hole? That's anyone? A that's, yeah, a, that's a conversation we need to have tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. But it's great. It's it's a good action game, and that's what I wanted. I wanted something that was uh, fun and in the in the in the Lord of the Rings world. And yeah. Calabrimbor is awesome. I hope that Return to Moria brings you Moria. more Moria. What did I say? Moria. Yeah. Moria. Moria. An extra syllable Return there somewhere. Return to, to Moria. Still no, let's not. Right. Let's not. Like, yeah, because you keep saying it wrong. Um, let's not get started on that because I'll go into Sorry, a full, full, full thing about how um it's wrong. Um, as Moria. the last, as the last <laughs> thing, if I can um steal steal the spotlight again, and I'm gonna embarrass the fuck out of Dan right now, but I need to show it. You knew it was coming. Um, yeah, yeah. I this I hit. How I, we I, I, this is this is the end of this episode. I hit a hundred platinums, and I'm I was very proud of that. And uh, unbeknownst to me. This this fucking ginger fuck made <laughs> made me a wood and aluminium, aluminium. black aluminium, aluminium, um, uh, full full trophy, which I'm holding up to the camera that is now. Yeah. Fucking hardcore, man! It's it's one of the greatest things I've ever been given, and I uh, I have a, a a dog that I love very much. It, it literally. I, I think I might love this more than Jasper. I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Um, don't say that. Well, no, he wakes me up in the morning, and I really don't like that. <laughs> this doesn't. So you know, 
Um, it's 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 fucking spectacular. It the, is. The- it, if you can't see it, it does have in, in, in engraved in it in in, in fire fire mm. and ash. Mm. It does have <laughs> the the hundred for my hundredth platinum. It's the Skyrim. It's the Skyrim logo. It's the Imperial Skyrim logo. It is literally the greatest thing I've ever been given, and I. I I can't I can't stop staring at it. It literally it lives on my desk now. I want to hang it up next to where I play PlayStation, so I can whenever I play, I look at it. But at the moment, it's literally I'm just holding it at my desk, and it's 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 literally it's the new heirloom of like if if I have kids, that's literally that's inher- their inheritance. That's all they're it, getting. It it is like it's obviously I haven't seen it in person, but it's it's obviously. I've shown this to gorgeous. actual like people who work metal for their living, and they've been impressed. That's the thing that really gets me about it. And um, for something that I wanted it's cool to, do to see my- the, the it, it's cool to see the uh, the evolution too. So so Dan made me a a stand for my samurai swords, and it's yeah. got it, it's it's a wooden stand in my also, favorite it kind smells of wood. So good, yeah. And it's good to see the evolution and the the the, the progression. It's cool. But the thing for me is like I I only started doing platinums for myself and to have someone like you, Dan, who, um, who- doesn't understand the whole platinum chasing thing. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even that. Just someone I didn't ask him to do this. He did this out of the, the, the goodness of his own heart. And yeah, you're you're an absolute prick, but still at the same time, <laughs> this is this is literally the greatest present I've ever been given. So I I, I need to yell about it on the podcast. I can't get enough of it. I love it. I love it deeply, and it is it is literally the greatest thing that could ever happen to me as a as a gamer, and uh, as as a person I get to very greatly call my friend, which is you. So thank you very much. I I, I love that so much. I love it so good. much, and um, I need I needed good. to I needed to yell about that on the podcast. <laughs> and you made it very easy for me making Skyrim your hundredth. <laughs> imagine, if, imagine if it had been forespoken. Imagine if you. Oh. <laughs> imagine yeah. if the craft something for a game that I fucking absolutely hated. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I planned Skyrim. Like, my thanks so yeah. much, Dan. You bastard. <laughs> yes. The thanks for reminding me of the thing that I fucking hate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. No. Obviously, Skyrim is the most uh, is 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 has such a special part in my life, and mm. but this. This is more important. This is this is greater than a game. This is good. I'm I'm in love with it. Good. I don't love you, Thank but you. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I'm not going to try and fuck you as one of uh, Pete's <laughs> companions. If that's if that makes you feel better. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Astarian. Uh, <laughs> I think on that cool. note. Thank you. We're yeah. Call on, it an on lovely, lovely. That's an episode. Note. Yeah. Shitty intro. Shitty outro. Fantastic, no, Andrew. What are you I talking about? Don't, I literally I don't just poured have my heart and soul into that. No, I yeah. wasn't. I was, I was bookending it. I just I wasn't talking about what you just said, but I don't have a shitty outro, so. Spooderman, Spooderman <laughs> does whatever a Spooderman can. I actually can. literally wrote it in the notes of Spooderman, so. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes your Spooderman. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.